Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Big Week in Gaming podcast, and what do you know, it's been a big week in gaming. I'm Intergot for episode 47 on Sunday, the 6th of June, 2021. As always, I'm joined by the official P3 nominated and approved Xbox Hall of Famer and number one challenger to the mantle of the greatest Xbox RPG player in the world, Swinny. Howdy. And the game-loving, grind-hating, pretend-to-quick-drop, coffee-drinking, continue-to-drink-coffee, gamer-anti-gamer, and slightly less in- slightly less interrupter-in-chief, Mike. Hello. Uh, in this week's show, we'll be discussing God of War Ragnarok, delayed to 2022, and other big Sony news. Thanks, Winnie, on that, <laughs> that, that year uh, in our run sheet. 2022, that sounds like... <laughs> The future, you know what I mean? Do you no, guys I'm remember reac- when? Do you remember? Do you remember that TV show called Beyond Two Thousand? No, Mike. I'm reacting to the fact that it says delayed to 2021 in oh. our run sheet. Oh yeah, I uh, see now. Another big Sony news: uh, our predictions for E3 2021, yep. and the debut of a brand new segment after we've finally decided on what it all means. That's one sexy pitch, where we pitch video games that don't exist, and we do our best, and then we trash each other's pitches and sort of, you know. Maybe call out a winner. I don't know. Do we call out a winner? We'll see. There will be no trashing here. Maybe people can vote. Vote Intergot will trash out. Intergot will trash us, and we'll just take it. No, I think I I have a feeling I'll just be, I'll just be, you know, constructive criticism is what I'm hoping for. I like how my mind goes to like reality TV, which is to blast people. (laughs) No blasting. But I reckon we'll let the people in the comments vote for us. Okay, okay. Yeah, because we, we yeah, my girlfriend has a YouTube account, so I can get her to, uh, <laughs> to vote for it. Vote for me. I was actually, actually going to ask Mike, so the other week we found out one of our big listeners, Joe Jives. Yes. He, yes. he uh, He's not subscribed to our YouTube channel. What? Are you subscribed to our YouTube I'm channel? I'm subscribed with... All right, just wanted to check. He's never just, watched a video. Just multiple, multiple accounts. <laughs> so, yeah. Could be All one, right. could be two, could be five. You Before know. we go on to anything... Let's just address the elephant in the room. Where's the Switch Pro? I'm not Switch that Pro? fat anymore. I've lost where, a bit of weight. <laughs> where is the Switch Pro? Gray. What's going on? There is no Switch Pro. We were Pro. conned. We were conned. I know. But I called as the... I don't, think there's, I don't think it's a Pro. I think it's just a new Switch. But oh, that's the dumbest... No that's Pro. The, that's the dumbest take. Out of all the takes I've heard... There's no Pro. The dumbest takes. There's no Pro. They are... Like, look, I think... I 100% believe that yeah. they're manufacturing a new variation of the Switch. Yeah, but your point is, is it the Pro, Switch. is it not? Who, who cares, right? Well, like, I, sure, it's going to be a variation. I it's either going to be a lot more powerful or a bit more powerful. It's going to be I more think it's going to be a bit more powerful. Sure. I was, so, I was so certain that I already had the headliner entry in our run sheet. <laughs> and then it was hitting like 5 p.m., Damn. 6 p.m. Friday. I'm like... This ain't happening. I'm kind of annoyed because I am very anti-rumors normally. And then I don't know what it was. It was sort of like the Bloomberg report, which I think is true. Mm. But they never said it's going to be announced before E3. They just said that it may be announced before E3, but it is going into production now. So, I mean, they're not... I I still don't think they're wrong in their reporting, but... yeah, It makes sense if it goes into production now, because what? That that leaves you with uh, June, July... That's it. Maybe three months. Yeah, no. Normally to get everything done months, and shipped three, and everything. Months, yeah. So that's it's like a September, quick. October, if they wanted yeah. to push it at that date. 
Um, well, that's I, the rumours, right? But Swinney, I don't even know where where we landed of why we were so confident it was going to be announced. Hi. Well, so yeah, I, just because you know the fact that, as you said, like announcement could be made ahead. Yeah. You know, and I think at that point, our brains get wired to take that as confirmation from credible source that that is going to happen. Yeah, and then there's some leakers like Emily Rogers and. People like that who have a patchy track record, they're like, oh, it's going to be announced on Tuesday. And and look, there does seem to be like retailers that are adding it to their their inventories because you're just getting retailers around the whole world having like those entries for a Switch Pro in their systems already. Um, mm. Whether that's actually going to happen or not. What are you doing, Mike? Nothing, what? <laughs> what? I can actually see you now, Mike, right. by the way. For the first time in ages. But he also forgets it's, that a lot of people listen to the podcast because it's a podcast. Was, oh, yeah. That, I'm sorry, was listeners. That salt? Was that salt? This episode is brought to you by Cole Simulan Sea Salt with one why are you putting salt NACL. on your, He's putting salt on his hands and then licking it. Uh, I don't know. There was just a bottle of sea salt on my table. And what would you do as a normal human being if you found one? You'd do exactly the same thing. You'd eat it. On camera for the internet to see. Yes, I'm just sitting here. I swear. I actually swear it was just sitting here. I think my so girlfriend just, was just like, eating something before. Something <laughs> salty. I, I like we're two people trying to talk about something, and one insane person who's all blurry <laughs> on my end. Um, I think I actually think now we're not going to hear about this until late August, even early September. I, th- I think they like. Why would they announce it right before E3? Like, I don't understand if they announced it this week, but then at the same time, it probably does make a lot more sense if they announce it later, right? Because if people stop buying the Switch or hold off on buying it, that doesn't help them. One thing to just remember as well is, because I don't, honestly, at this point, I don't know if it's going to be. Um, the, I mean, Nintendo's show is what, on the 16th of June, so it's well into the E3 week as well. So we've got to think that's still a 10-day time span there that's true for them to make announcements yeah. so. and and we'll just um well let, let's do some quick updates before we go into the summer games fest slash e3 schedule uh so just two two quick updates the new black the new battlefield will be revealed next week battlefield. on the <laughs> on the 10th of june midnight our time and no more heroes and no more heroes Two desperate struggle are coming to pc steam on the 9th of june so with the schedule maybe i'll cover off the first third, and then do you want to do the next third, Mike, and then you round us out with a final third, Swinney? Sure. Sounds like a plan. All right, so kicking off, Jeff Keighley, Summer Games Fest, on Friday the 11th of June, 4 a.m. our time, and you'll start to hear this as a theme for our time. And when I say our time, that's uh, Australian Eastern Standard time. Adjust accordingly if you're in Australia or New Zealand. Uh, Coke Media, Saturday 12th of June, 5 a.m., Gorilla Collective. (laughs) Guerrilla Collective, Sunday, June 13, 1 a.m. Uh, Ubisoft Forward is Sunday, June 13, 5 a.m. Devolver Digital, Sunday, June 13, uh, TBC at this stage. Gearbox is Sunday, June 13, TBC. Mike? Uh, Xbox plus Bethesda now Ooh. is on Monday, June 14th at 3 a.m. Ooh, 3 a.m. Uh, Square Enix is Monday, June 14th at 5.15 a.m. Um, the PC Gaming Show is on Monday, June 14th, to be decided. We don't know when. 
the Future Games Show is Monday, June 14th at 9am, uh, and Warner Brother Games is Monday, June 14th, with another TBC. We don't know yet. So we've then got Take 2 on Tuesday, June the 15th, uh, time to be confirmed. Capcom, also on June the 15th, time to be confirmed. We've got the big one, I think, for many of us, the Nintendo Direct, Wednesday, June the 16th at 2am. Bandai Namco, Wednesday, June 16th as well, time to be confirmed. And then we've also got the E3 2021 Awards show on Wednesday, June the 16th, time to be confirmed. And uh, they said that there will be some announcements there, but who knows what kind of level of announcements they are at the end of E3, essentially. And then just on the tail end of E3, there's a separate EA Play Live event on Monday, July or oh, is that July? Oh, maybe you know? <laughs> tail end. I mean, like a whole, a whole year that's, later. That's, that's a long tail. It's um, July two thousand twenty-two. I think it's trying to say no. That is no. So we'll we'll confirm the EA Play Live if that's June or July twenty-second. Um, it is July twenty-second. Toward July twenty-second. So it's a good month after E three for that Let's one. Let's delete that one. It's a very very long tail. Uh, that's funny. Um, so we will go into our E3 predictions as a feature later in the show. Uh, but just just to call out, like, are we? Are, are you guys watching any of these live? I will, depending on the time that um, Bandai Namco mm. comes, I'd like to watch theirs. Um, I'm definitely going to watch the Nintendo one and the Xbox. Yeah, one. Oh, really? I was going to say the Why? Xbox one yeah. same. Hundred percent. Yeah, I always do. Oh, the Xbox um, three AM. You're going to wake up and watch it. Yeah, I always do. Do any of them land? They, with... they always have they always have really cool news coming out of that. Mm. So I like to experience that live. And I, if it wasn't for the five AM start time, I'd watch the Ubisoft forward. So I might just have to watch that after the fact. Mm. So, do any of them uh, line up with any public holidays? Yes. Queen's so pretty much all of them line up with Queen's birthday. Nice. So Queen's birthday is the Monday. Thanks, Queenie. Yeah. So for instance, with the Xbox Bethesda one, which is Monday, 3 a.m. That's actually a public holiday for us. Uh, like, I can't remember all the states. It's all complicated in Australia. It's not a public yeah. holiday in Perth. And, uh, oh, she must be a gamer. She must be a gamer. She must be a gamer. Well, she's representing gamers this year, so thanks. So, yeah, uh, I don't think I'm going to watch any of them live. I think they're just, like, so... Lame. Well, and you, you call know, yourself the host of a gaming podcast. Bullshit, you're going to watch the Nintendo Yeah, yeah that's the only one that I might watch. <laughs> of course you will. If I'm awake. But that's a pretty bad time for me, man. I'll be like working that week. That's pretty rough. I don't know if I'll watch it, to be honest. Because the other thing is with the Nintendo one, the last time they had the Treehouse Live, mm. and then they announced uh, Samus Returns, Metroid Samus Returns, in the Treehouse Live. So I'm not going to watch the three hours Treehouse Live. Oh, no, no, no. Just the direct. Just the direct. Um, yeah, no, no. It's it, like one thing is that the timing is pretty shit because it's not in-person awards anymore. So normally if you do like these type of presentations, you want to do it like later in the day local time just mm-hmm. because people are more receptive later in the day for this kind of activities. So then for us, it's at a better time normally. It's usually like 6 a.m., 7 a.m., 9 a.m. type of thing. But yeah, given it's all digital, I think uh, the traffic is better a little bit earlier local time, So, which is just horrendous for us. I can't believe you guys are going to watch it. That's pretty cool. Yeah. You guys yeah, should stream it. You should stream your reactions. Well, whilst eating popcorn. <laughs> all right, well, let's, let's jump into what we've been playing. Mike, what have you been playing this week? So I've been playing a little bit of a uh, somewhat obscure game called uh, Cyberpunk 
which I still haven't finished. So I'm at about the probably close to the ADR mark. And I'm at the point of no return now. I was telling Swinny about it. And uh, I just need to wrap up a few site things, which have been all right. I think as you described it, I'm not going to go into it again. But really good game. Freaking loving it. And I also started, since I'm not allowed to buy any more games for the remainder of the year, uh, the Trine franchise on Switch. Cool, cool. Which There is zero chance you're going to last the whole year without uh, buying games. We'll see. We'll see. So I've you're not going to buy I've, game. I've got, Game Maker nope. Garage. No, that was the exception, remember? Game Builder Garage. I believe I said I said when we did it that that was the only exception. I was going to buy that in order to tick off the... And how about if Elden Ring comes out thing? this year? Nah, I can't buy it. Bullshit! Nah. I could probably get someone else to buy it for me, what though. What if Starfield comes out this year? <laughs> so, hmm. How about Starfield? I'll find a loophole, but I won't buy it clear, myself. This, Actually, this that's free the... on Game Pass. Actually, that's true, yeah. yeah. So I'll be fine. Shit. Uh-huh. There you go. Yeah. Let, let's be clear. This is a self-imposed fourth resolution. Totally self-imposed. On Mike's existing three well, corrected re- resolution. It's a good. His resolution but, was terribly drafted. It, it's a really good way to go through the backlog, though, because I do. I That's probably true. have like a hundred games I haven't touched at least. More, maybe more actually. Yeah, or not play properly, kind of thing. So anyway, trying on Switch, pretty good. Obviously, not as good as PC. So frame rate of number one is atrocious. I don't even know if it runs at 30, to be honest. How? Wait, how could number one be I know. bad? It's how weird. In fact, game? I feel like number two is actually a bit better than number one in terms of the way it runs. When uh, did that game came out? Man, it was like I, mid-2000s, I wasn't it? years ago. Um, I don't know, but the cool thing is, even to this day, it's still such a beautiful game. It really, really is. Um, so, um, so, sorry, um, the first trying game came out in 2009. 2009, wow. Yeah. Still one of the best-looking games, in my opinion. It really is. It's such a beautiful game. Um, and it's, yeah, so other than, you know, the the performance issues, highly recommend the games. I think I bought most on huge discounts from memory. And other than the performance, like I said, they're perfect for the Switch platform, especially are you playing it's it really cool. Are you playing it co-op at all? I tried co-op with my girlfriend and we kind of gave up. She got a little frustrated. <laughs> Um, and then number two, it's, it's, I won't spoil anything, but it's, it's really interesting. Number two actually evolves the, the, the whole game a little bit. There's way more puzzles, way more things to figure out. Um, huge change. Number one's basically a breeze. You just go through it. You never really get stuck or anything like that. Number two has a lot more shit. How do I get past this point? Uh, so I remember the developers apologizing for the third game. Why is that? Was it the th- I think it was the third one, and then they said they tried to make it right in the fourth one because it took it in oh. a direction that the fans didn't like. L- so literally I took it in a direction as in it's got a three, a third direction now because you can actually, from memory, because um, I did I did on PC, I never finished each. I think I finished one, never finished two and three. But I remember playing three, and I'm pretty sure in three you also get the, what is it, the Y-axis that you can move in, mm. if you could call it that. like Z-axis? Mm, is it the Z-axis technically? I guess it's the Z-axis. I don't know. The point or is... Depth, it, or what are you talking about? You get depth. Yeah, you yeah, get depth. Yeah, that's Z. Yeah, so you get the Z-axis. Um, whereas in, in, in 1 and 2, you don't really. It's just linear on like a side-scrolling kind of thing. So I'm looking 2D. forward to... <laughs> 2D. Well, it's 3D, 2D, but yeah, it's 2D. Oh, okay. okay. You know what I mean? It's a 3D game, but it's... it's Anyway, I highly recommend the games. Um, although, to be honest, probably because of the performance issue and the fact that... Number one doesn't actually have touch controls that I could figure out. Uh, so with the wizard painting 
because you can like uh, summon objects and stuff with the wizard. Uh, and number two, you can actually use your finger to do that. And you can move them around the screen, but it's not ideal. It sounds really cool in theory, but the way it's implemented, I think it's just really slow to move stuff. And anyway, but I do recommend them. Probably grab them on PC if you can, though. They're a little uh, not as great on uh, on Switch. So what about you guys? What have you been playing? Swinny? Oh, I'm not, I'm, normally I'm last. I'm like the... So I'm not I'm not prepared. Wait, let me go get my notes. Like, okay, yeah, all right. The hundred games. <laughs> nah, not not really this week. So I did finish off Cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. So I talked about it last week. If anyone's interested in my thoughts about what I loved and hated, your quick thoughts for twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah, what I if anyone's interested in what I loved and hated about the game, check out last uh, week's episode or the clip on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So I finished that off in total doing essentially probably hundred percenting everything to about 85 hours. So kind of in the realm of their mic is. Um, and honestly, I'm really looking forward to the eventual DLC and the next gen version or the current gen version, whatever you call it in the future. Mm. So the only other game I've played this week is a game by the name of, Citizens of Space. Citizens so, of Space. What's that? I have not seen that. This, is an, <laughs> this is an indie RPG that's developed by Eden Industries okay. and it's published by Sega or Sega, I should say. Um, so you actually play as the ambassador of Earth who travels to a galactic federation to get sworn in and then the Earth disappears and then your quest is to go and find what's happened to the Earth. And it's like a very comical... Um, just you know, just like jokey RPG, lighthearted. It's actually the sequel to another game called Citizens of Earth that um, more people might be from familiar with. Um, made a lot of news because it's very much like an Earthbound inspired game. Yeah. That one, um, I never played that one. They never put that um, on the Xbox platforms either. So, um, but I was always keen to try this. It's got a very different battle system, uh, unlike Earthbound style. This one is kind of like Paper Mario. Um, so you're talking your turn-based action battles. And I've played a lot of them this year. So, you know, between um, Bug Fables and Steven Universe Unleashed the Light, um, it kind of feels like I've just been playing so many of those Paper Mario-style um, action-based turn battlers. And while this game has some cool ideas, honestly, I don't think it's that great at all. Um, <laughs> The cool ideas are there's like 40 different characters that you essentially recruit, and they're all unique. Some of them you recruit as party members, some as like summons, and others as like partner um, citizens, I think they call them. And these partner ones are actually, I think, the coolest ideas where they give you abilities like you can change the encounter rates, you can craft, you go on hunting missions. Some add overworld abilities, so think like Monster Sanctuary or Pokemon where it's like, oh, now you can activate those laser bridges or uh. knock down those rocks and stuff. Um, but the game is some of the most infuriating game design I've played in so long. I sent, I sent you guys a clip during the week <clears throat> of a character running around. Every single time you run, he goes, zoom, zoom. <laughs> and then he bashes into something and goes, Ugh, zoom. Ugh. And it's like the most... I'm like, didn't anybody play this and just say, playing these sound bites every I single time just you do this... the game by then. Is, I actually tried. I tried to Google settings. Is there a way you can like turn <laughs> this off without turning off, uh, turn all, the without, off without turning all the dialogue off in the game? Because it, the actual normal dialogue's fine, but um, because the dialogue such... looks cool. Like I'm just I'm seeing a barista at Moonbucks. 
Yeah, and he's like, the- oh, I don't have an ambassador. Or rights, or rights for that matter. The Moonbucks Robot Employee Agreement is airtight. <laughs> yeah. So the actual, the humor's actually pretty good. There are times when it does try a bit too hard. Okay. But generally, that's probably my favorite thing about the game is just the tone. Yeah. But the battles themselves just drag on for so long. And as I said, I've played a lot of these games this year of... Like, Bug Fables had a great battle system. Uh, Unleashed Light had a ba- great battle system. This one just... They tried to do so much, and I think at some points they... It's like, you know, when they say uh, this movie needed a, a better editor or yeah. something. Yeah. It's They needed someone to kind of say, hey, scale this stuff back a bit. Keep it simple. Focus on making the smaller group of things more enjoyable than a huge amount of things. So, it is, like, can, just on that point, because none of us have played Biomutant, but hmm. just hearing some people's impressions about it, it, there's one weird thing where every single, like, without fail, reviewer, person who's giving impressions, YouTuber, whatever, says that the narrator is horrible in that game. And people are like, how do you turn the narrator off? It's horrible. It's, and I just wonder... But, like, I just wonder, how do you get to a point where people... Like, it hasn't been tested, or people don't know, or, you know, the people making a game. Because, like, they had to patch the game after it released to let you turn off the narrator. Because people mm. hate it so much. There's articles around how to turn the narrator off and how mm. to try to hack the game to turn the narrator off. Good good on them for doing that, though. I was going to pick that up, but I decided to wait a little bit um, just to, for it to get patched a bit and stuff. And also, I was... Going to pick it up on launch to maybe cover it, but there's so much happening with E3 and yeah. whatever, all the special features we want to do in the next couple of weeks. So, but yeah, good on them for at least, you know, responding to that feedback really quickly. Yeah. And I think also this game is 100% going to be on Game Pass. This is just a guaranteed Game Pass game. It's just when, not if, in my view. Because they've got a pretty tight relationship with Microsoft as well. But yeah, no, it's just, I just, I guess the question I have for you guys is just how, hmm. how does it get through? Without anyone on the team going, this is so annoying. Uh, I don't know. I think I think sometimes you and when you're so deep in something, you don't get the chance to take a step back and look at some of these little details. And I think it just happens sometimes. You, mm. you just get lost in your work. Also, the investment of time and money in features and stuff probably makes you. Mm. Like think, sure, we hey, we actually, we, yeah, we spend a lot of time and money on this stuff. Maybe you know, like, oh, not everyone's going to be a fan, but we generally like it, mm, kind of yeah, thing. It could you be. know, it's a it's a small dev team as well. It's true. So it's true. I've had that at work where you 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 do a bunch of things. You're like, why are we doing this? It makes absolutely no sense. People are not going to like it. Yeah, but you know, we spent three months implementing this, blah blah blah, and you just that's true, actually. Or like some EGM likes it, so exactly it, it happens. And it just happens, and everyone's against it. But there's the, the Steve Jobs that no one knows about. So, yeah. so <laughs> you've been, you been playing anything this week? Uh, so, I, like as I said last week, I was so sick I couldn't even game. I was trying to play Control, but I was too sick. I played a bit of Picross, mm-hmm. and Swinny, this is like insane. So these are like the Jupiter Picross games. They've been making Picross games for like twenty something years, thirty years, I think, actually. And my Picross game had a bug in it. What? Yeah, I've never, I couldn't record it or anything, but I was like, this is unbelievable. So I was like completing the puzzle and I was trying to, uh, you know how you can, in the latest version of Picross, you either say, yep, it's a, that's like what needs to be checked out or it needs to be an X. So like mm. no, no block is there 
or you have a guess mode where it's like mm. you can temporarily put guesses down. So I used that a lot, obviously, and I was doing it. And then like, it just wouldn't like it, the button button wasn't responding. It was like, I'd press it. Nothing would happen. I'd start moving around and then it randomly put guesses everywhere on my screen. I was like, oh you man, broke, the Joy-Con's you, like screwed, right? You were a monster. You broke Picross. I <laughs> know. So I went into, literally, I went into the settings. There's a mode in the Switch where you can see your button presses. So like, I feel like they knew about Drift because they've put this bloody setting in. But anyway, so, you know, I'm pressing all the buttons, like no, like double presses, no errant presses, no random presses. Go back into Picross. It's still stuffed up. So I couldn't do any guesses for the rest of the puzzle. <laughs> and just that just that one puzzle. Yeah, and I completed it and then it's fine. <laughs> it's like so weird. It's like it's like almost saying to me, You're doing too many guesses, so I'm gonna fuck you up. It was really, really weird, man. I couldn't believe I found a bug in Picross. Uh so that I played a bit of Super Bomberman R online. So that's the new Battle Royale Bomberman game. Not a fan of it to be honest, which is very disappointing. Um, Fan of the general gameplay or just the multiplayer aspect? So much, man. Like, number one, you know, I'm not, you know, maybe I'm too old or whatever, but I don't always think 3D is the best format. And I understand why they've made the game 3D, but to me, it's just not as tight as the Super Nintendo, Saturn, original Bomberman games, which were all 2D. They were just incredibly tight gameplay. Like so if you took if you took like Superman three yeah and made it and took that exact gameplay and put it into like the battle royale mode, would that be fine? Oh, I think it'd be amazing. I think it'd okay. be amazing. So like I'd take Bomberman five, which was the Famicom Super Famicom Japan only release, or like there's the the Saturn Bomberman. I think that was like ten player Bomberman, but um. Like, yeah, so the gameplay is not that great, but then I don't actually like the mechanics of what they're doing. So you actually have, like, different Bomberman classes that you can pick, and you can actually pay to win. Ugh. You can pay to Ugh. win in it. So you- Cla- Bomberman classes. What? Yeah. yeah. What? No, yeah, that's... What? So, Sweeney, you start with special abilities if you pay for certain characters. They've got... The- that's... Look, yeah. I, like, they, I understand they've got to monetize it somehow, yeah, but... Not like that, but- Cosmetics. That seems gross. I don't know. That different bomb gross. colors. Oh, different... but like, think about it. Like, if you look at Fortnite, they don't start. You don't start with a better gun if you yeah. pay more. It's just all cosmetic. Yeah. Like that's to me. It's, a game like that. It's insanely stupid to create a pay-to-win mechanic because people just like me. I just bounce off it straight away because I'm like, I'm not going to mm. pay money to have a disadvantage in Bomberman because mm. it's also cheap. Because it means that people who you play against who don't do that. Uh, screwed, you know? So it's a bit like, uh, it's not even a real victory. Uh, I, I don't know. I hate multiplayer games that have pay-to-win mechanics. It's just disgusting to me. Um, yeah, so, like, all around, I didn't like it, to be honest. <laughs> Which is kind of disappointing, because I was really wanting to like it. And I didn't know anything about it. Uh, and then the last thing I played, just briefly, was uh, Batman The Telltale series. Which, uh, okay, so... Was that the first Batman series? Yes, or the first one? one. Okay, the first one. Okay. Yeah. So, weirdly enough, I was going to buy this at one stage, recently, because it was on sale. I'm like, oh, I've never played those Telltale games. And then, you know, we'll cover this in the bargain bin, but it's actually free on Amazon games. So, if you have an Amazon Prime subscription, you can get this game for free at the moment. So, I'm like, okay, I'll just install it. And because I haven't been feeling well, I'm like, 
I just want to play a game that's not really like I don't have to do anything. And like I'm surprised at how much you have to do with these Telltale games. <laughs> so you, you just wanted a visual novel. Kind of. <laughs> like I wish I could have just switched it to some mode, whereas like dummy mode or whatever, whereas just like do barely anything. <laughs> It's already pretty dumb. Yeah, there's really <laughs> Video not game a lot journalist you can do mode. In the game. Oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I don't know, and it was like, oh, okay, this is way more evolved. And I played through the first kind of like part of chapter one, and then I, I, I was like, I, there's no way to save it. I'm like, how do you save it? And then I'm reading on the internet, and it's like, oh, if you see the little save symbol, it's saving. Yeah, so I'm like, cool. Yeah. So I quit out of it. And then I don't know if you know if you guys are like that in tune with like windows and how everything works. There's actually like malware software built into windows now. So it prevents writing to certain directories, all this kind of stuff. And what had happened was Batman was trying to save to a protected folder. <laughs> the, the stupid game had no thing in it inbuilt, which was like, Hey, by the way, we can't save at the moment. Right. So what happened is it didn't save anything. Because it was trying to save to a folder, which wouldn't allow it to save to. And then it was just like, ah, who cares? <laughs> it was just like, eh, whatever. The Telltale engine. Um, so then I went back into the game and had to start from scratch. Wow, that's weird. So, and there's two modes. There's classic mode and then there's this like shadows mode where it's all black and white with like Ooh. just a couple of colors to pop. So I'm like, I'll play that's it like cool. that. Yeah. Um, and then I played through, got past where I was at. And then I was just like, I was so bored with the game. I just deleted it. <laughs> I, yeah, I've had a bit of a rough history of Telltale games. Like, I love Tales from Waterlands, mm, um, but any other ones I've tried to play, like Game of Thrones, and stuff, I just get, honestly, just get bored playing them. Yeah, and I think, like, it it kind of goes without saying, because the whole game is just quick-time events, right? Mm. So it's all quick-time events. And choices and stuff, which I think is cool. Yeah, but, like, so on that, I like, I wanted to play, and this is a very specific reference, but I wanted to play a Batman the animated series style Bruce Wayne Batman where Batman's the good guy and Bruce Wayne is just a face. He's the mask of Batman, right? So Bruce Wayne's an asshole. That's what I wanted to play as, right? And it kind of gives me those options, but it's completely trying to steer me into Bruce Wayne's a good guy, right? It's yeah, it's not well, like Paladin and Renegade where you can actually like legitimately be an Paragon, asshole. you mean. Paragons, yeah, but yeah, the, yeah. I, I don't think they're, they're trying... It's more like a choose-your-own-adventure than a role-playing game, if you know what I mean. Mm. So I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying, but I don't think that's what their design intention is, to allow you to fully, like, take it down a certain path based on... Like, it's more like you just making narrative decisions. Tweaks. Yeah. It's very tweaks. And that stuff does have an effect, generally speaking, in their games on how it all plays out. Yeah. But, like, ultimately, like, those games live and die by their story, and the story so far in the Batman game just wasn't interesting, wasn't gripping, wasn't... It was just kind of boring, and I'm like, why am I playing this? Like, I'm so bored, I'm just going to delete it. Um, So, yeah, I don't know, I probably won't play another Telltale game, to be honest. I have heard the... What is it, the werewolf one? Yeah, the Wolf Among the Us. Wolf Among Us. Good. Everyone said yeah. that that's the best one. I did so. bounce off that eventually, yeah, but okay. it was it. No, I think that's just because just me. Like I was interested in playing other stuff. Yeah, it was actually it was interesting enough to me. Um, I have never read like fables, like the visual novel series mm. or whatever. Um, but the worlds are really cool. Enough. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that was me this week. Um, all right. Well, why don't we jump into our first bit of news? 
God of War Ragnarok has been delayed until 2022, and we've had a bunch of other Sony-based news. So God of War, so that was re- that was announced uh, last year. That's correct, right, Sweeney? I think just so. just like a teaser trailer. I think so. Yeah, maybe the year before. Oh, and, let me check. and we should also call out, I don't believe it's officially been called God of War Ragnarok, but I think everyone is just running with that title now. I wouldn't be so shocked if they just call it that. So the closest we've gotten to confirmation was in an internal Sony slide deck that someone had used a fan-created <laughs> logo <laughs> of God of War Ragnarok. So surely they would not have used that if it wasn't called Ragnarok. I agree, I agree, I agree. And it's also like this game being delayed. So uh, the director, so he's a, obviously the director of God of War, the sort of reboot as well, uh, and and the earlier games as well. Corey Barlog, <coughs> ultimately, like he made the call. Um, but the one thing I really wanted to highlight, and we we have some other games to talk about with this as well, is that they've also announced that there's going to be a PS4 PS4 version of the game. And, and for me, I'm like. I don't know. I'm actually like pretty shocked at this news, given that Sony had a very strong stance that they believe in generations, you know, like Xbox was coming out saying, we're going to being very clear. Let's be real. We are going to support the Xbox one platform for at least 18 months to 24 months uh, with the rollout of the series X. They came out, they said it to everyone. They were very clear about it. And that's what they're doing. And Sony responded to that by saying, well, we believe in generations and now they're doing this. Like one of the absolute biggest first party games is going to be uh, a a cross-gen game. So what do you think about that? It's good for PS4 owners who can't get a PS5 and want to play this game next year. Um, Yeah, but this is always, this is like, what I don't understand though is this is going to, like anyone who believes that this won't hurt the game is deluded. Yeah, but it's also video games. Like I don't. Think yeah, I, I reckon. I reckon it came. I want my best game because I got a goddamn PS Five. No one else does. <laughs> well, right? I was gonna say exactly. No one else does. So they probably did their maths and they went, mm, "Looks like sales of the PS Five haven't been as well. Well, the consoles haven't been as readily available. As, yeah, but maybe they haven't been as want. readily available. But they've been selling just no, as much as any generation before, if I not guess. more. So why okay. didn't they do this in other generations? Well, I don't know. I don't know. I just think I, I I agree with you. It might compromise the quality of the game as we've no, seen it will. other games it in will. the past. But no, it will. Like, like to be clear, it, it's it has to compromise it. Yeah. Like resource doesn't come from nowhere. So to no, make a game that works on well, PS4 and PS5 has to compromise it. They might have the budget to just throw enough people at it. I don't know. Yeah, but then they could have thrown those people and made even better games. So. It's never going to hold water. That argument. It's it has to be compromised. Maybe they got a uh, another. Studio to help with. <laughs> no, they don't have another. Studio. I don't know. I don't know what their decision making process was, but I can see. I can see why you you you'd be in a tight spot, deciding between do I just go exclusively PS Five, make the most amazing game I possibly can, and not worry about testing and all the issues of making it compatible with a previous platform, or do I do that, risk not making it as an amazing game, but get more people to access to it so they can play the game. Oh, I don't know. Tough one. Mm. I mean, like, you know, w- would you agree with this, Mike? Cause we both have PS fives mm. playing games on the PS five, even PS four games 
just feels a lot better. They run better. Oh, yeah, it's nice. Yeah, there's more headroom, all that yeah. kind of stuff. But we're lucky. We're the lucky. No, we relatively are. few, I'd say. That well, few isn't everyone that I know that's wanted one has gotten one. But then you're still seeing a lot of rewards. People not getting them. Yeah, Some I think people if you we desperately know, lucky, want it. But... Yeah, probably. But there's probably a lot of people out there who want one, but aren't crazy to build like a bot to monitor sites to then too. buy it. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is, yeah, we're talking about people that are on top of this stuff. Yeah, watching announce, it's watching luck. for announcements, like. Just think of the average punter yeah. that's going to the stores wondering where the PS5 is. You know, yeah. they're not going on news sites to look this stuff up. Yeah. Actually, one of the commenters to one of our videos said he walked into a JB and goes, Hey, do you have PS5s? And they go, Yeah, yeah. You want to grab one? Nice. He's like, Yeah, yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah, that, that happens. That happens like, to no, no, the Xbox. That's like one yeah. in a thousand. <laughs> like, probably one in a thousand. I happened to, I was, I was at EB when, when I go to the guy, is that an empty Xbox box? And he goes, Yeah, but I actually just got an order of three of them this morning. Mm, and it's like, if you want one, I would get one right now. Yeah. And I did. And by lunch, they were obviously gone. And that's just but, from people coming in and asking about them. But at some point, also, people have asked this gotten told no so many times oh, that yeah. you just don't want to bother yeah, and people you in those stores by exactly, yeah, asking yeah. them anymore. You know? I would never ask them, but that's just my mentality of like not wanting to piss people off or I don't know what. But if unless I saw the box sitting there like you, Mike, huh. I would never ask, hey, do you have a PS5 or whatever? I'd just feel like oh, I don't want to be that jerk. Asking. Well, that's because you got a bot that does it for you, so True. you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> that's the but part regular that people like us, like Sweaty and I, who don't... So, like, I, I yeah. guess, like, where I'm getting at is the advice that we had last year, amazingly, I think will still hold till 2022, which is if you have a Xbox One X, if you have a PS4 Pro, you generally don't need to buy a PS5 or an Xbox Series X. Like, it's nice to have, but there's just nothing there. There's nothing that's, like, going, wow, you really need to jump on that platform. You know, there's, there's probably nothing... Well, I don't know. Wretched and Clank is looking pretty good. Shame I can't buy it for the next six months. Um, <laughs> you, you've got Demon Souls. And then you you have the ability to play all the previous gen games if you haven't. Like me, for example. And I'm looking forward to it. At really awesome frame rates. And yeah. 4K support and stuff. So I think if, if you have the disposable income or you can trade in your PS4 and the opportunities there to get a PS5, do it. It's worth it for just the upgrade. It's like it's like it's like upgrading your video card on your PC, right? Like you still you can still play the same games that you could the day before, but you can play them a little bit better. So I think yeah. it's worth it if you can. I don't know. I, I find it super disappointing that they're like pushing out all the way the to like next to, year. You're a hard man to please. No, it's just it's uh, it's just I don't know. It's I understand it from a money perspective. It's way more money doing it the way that they're doing. Uh, the other one is uh, Gran Turismo 7, yes. uh, which was also thought to be a next-gen-only game. It has been confirmed to be a PS4 and PS5 game. Yeah, another interesting one. See, to me, that's the weirder one in the sense that car, car games, like simulation games like your Forza's Gran Turismo, are kind of almost like the benchmark for the, yeah. the new generation. Mm. And it's like, oh, this is... Look how much rounder these tires are. <laughs> look how these cooler reflections and stuff yeah but they could still and do that they just make less yeah. polygons right yeah but they're not as focused like it's like ratchet and clank if they built that to work on ps4 and ps5 it wouldn't be the same game Probably wouldn't be the same yeah no, well, no i think I it's agree. very telling that 
that game does not have a PS4 version, whereas these ones do, mm. I guess because of the design choices. Whereas God of War, I mean, you can just look at what they did with the version, the, you know, the PS4 game. Um, they, you know, you could, I could see them essentially just expanding on that and not having to rely on, hey, we have to use this fancy SSD tech or these mm. haptic controllers or whatever, you know. But that's but the thing, long- like, what could they have done if they had actually focused on I don't want to beat that dead horse, but... Yeah. Well, so, so with, like with Gran Turismo 7, for example, I, I would imagine this game's been in development... Well, not imagine, I'm pretty sure it's been in development for years now. They would have started on the PS4 gen with a lot of stuff. And I don't know how early in the PS5 development process someone like Polyphony Interactive, I think, they make Gran Turismo, they would have been informed Polyphony about Digital. It. Polyphony Digital, sorry. Um, they would have been, you know, informed and, and given specs and oh, whatnot. Dude, they- don't don't so, don't forget! Like Gran Turismo is the best-selling PlayStation series. Oh, I'm sure that would so, have been in yeah, you know, they, they in, in a good way in well cahoots with. I'm sure yeah. they would have been on top of it. But still, like the development time has been quite long. Like the last Gran Turismo feels like ages ago that it came out. Um, that when was it? When was it? Man, it was Gran Turismo Sport? Yeah, uh, 2017. 2017. Wow, that's actually longer than that, eh? But I guess but a numbered games... a numbered Gran Turismo because this is Gran Turismo Seven. The last yeah. numbered is twenty thirteen on the PS three. And I remember when Jeez. that first came out. Not that I want to talk too much about it. Um, it. It had a lot of features that were kind of missing. It felt like a whole bunch of stuff was missing. They improved it a lot since, or added a lot of bunch. Because I was just like racking my brain because, like, I agree with Sweeney that Gran Turismo just seems so weird. Because as a Nintendo fan looking at PlayStation, I was always looking at. Gran Turismo is like, wow, look at like this hmm. console. It's like making these photorealistic style. Every, <laughs> Gran Turismo you know, back, back, was exactly, so back to the PlayStation. It was, it was. Every, every it was. generation's photorealistic. <laughs> oh, um, God. But, you know, I, I, I just double-checked it because I was pretty sure no. they've never had a cross-gen Gran Turismo game. No, Gran Turismo has always been exclusive to Sony. But, but they will now. It's just, I don't know. It's oh, cross-gen, sorry. Um some reason i thought cross platform uh yeah this <laughs> no, is the first yeah. one wow yeah, yeah this would be the first one ever yeah but i i feel like we're we're in the generation now where oh no the previous generation had had a bunch of games that were cross cross platform as well but some of them were you know re-releases of the same game i think i think we're finding it's more common now to get a game that is cross-gen than it used to be in the past well and you know fundamentally like money is a huge factor and the architecture between the PS4, PS5, Xbox One X, and Xbox One, and then Xbox Series X. Similar, right? It's so similar. It's yeah, like pretty much the same easier. architecture. Yeah. It's just you have less RAM, you have, you know, worse bandwidth or whatever, mm. but it's it's not like you're recoding the whole game for cell architecture with the PS3, which is like, okay, wow, it's a real rethink. Um, the other one is uh, Team Asobi. So the other part of Sony News, Team Asobi, Big, I'm a huge fan of Team Asobi. They used to be regarded as uh, Japan Studio. That's right, Swinny? Uh, oh, it's I mean, in the notes. Yeah, Japan Studio. So, uh-huh. like, they were a, a part of Japan Studio. Japan Studio had a whole bunch of stuff. We've covered it in previous shows where it seems like Japan Studio has been broken apart and parts of it's gone away. And now Team Asobi is its own studio within the PlayStation Studio realm. Um, weirdly enough, they, they kind of came out uh, the guy who runs, like, who's the director of uh, Astrobot, 
was like, oh, we're going to make an, we're going to, he didn't say IP, but he's like, we're going to make a game that appeals to all generations and all this kind of stuff. And it just felt really weird to me that he just didn't say, we're going to make a really big Astrobot game. And it kind of made me nervous. I'm like, are these idiots not going to make an Astrobot game? Maybe they can work on. Yeah. But with the, the fact that essentially the team's been expanded, uh, they could be working on multiple Mm. projects. Oh, I hope not. Could be. They gotta run. Uh, they gotta walk before they run. Like they've made small games, so yeah. But essentially, you could look at a follow up for a new Astrobot VR. Doesn't have to be a massive True. title okay, to enough, bring yeah. in the next PSVR. I thought you meant multiple massive titles, but yeah, okay. No, yeah. I actually would love if they made any like the biggest, like a Half Life Alex, you know, sizable game for PSVR. I think that'd be unreal if they did something like that. Um, so no, I'm really I'm really uh, pumped about that. And then the last one is uh, Ben Studio, uh, makers of Days Gone and a whole host of other games in their history. Uh, they are working on an exciting new IP that they've publicly announced. So we've spoken about this previously, but yeah, so they will not be making Days Gone two at least anytime soon. Supposedly they, uh, according to Jason Schreier, got rejected from Sony of making uh, Days Gone two. So. And Days Gone is actually doing pretty well on PC in terms of um, sales. Cool. <laughs> you guys are super <laughs> excited about Days Gone. What do you want us to say to that? I, 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 actually, <laughs> I actually am excited to start it on PS5 soon. Uh, with Days Gone? Yeah, yeah Days Gone, yeah. Because I've got a physical copy of it and I installed it once upon a time, close to when it first came out. And never actually played it. So it was at 100 bucks down the drain, and then they gave it to you for free <laughs> on the PS5 upgrade. So, yeah, because um, the PS5 version runs at 60 frames per second, and they've worked through a lot of the bugs. Yeah, exactly. So I'm yeah. actually really looking forward to it. I used to love zombie games. So, yeah, it's a weird one. I think like it's a game where it would have been rated a bit higher, but it had so many bugs and it didn't run that well. So, it, yeah. I don't pay too much attention to the Metacritic on that one, I think. All right, let's move into our next bit of news. Uh, Nintendo has announced plans to open a museum to showcase their products and design philosophies over their over 130 years of existence. That's cool. Right now, they've tentatively titled it Nintendo Gallery via a press release. Uh, do you want to call like what this plan site's called, Swinney, as the Japanese speaker among us? I mean, so they're converting their Uji Agura plant yes. uh, site, which is in Kyoto. So, so I believe that that's where they did repairs and things like that. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. repairs cool. and I, yeah, essentially they've shut it down since 2016. It was like yeah, customer service center towards the end, um, and it's kind of wild to me. I know that this is probably quite common, but you know, to have a building that you've shut down and has not done anything with five years and you've still Especially got in a major city. <laughs> yeah. This is the benefit of being like a hundred so and something years old where you probably yeah. bought it for you owned bucks. A, exactly, <laughs> yeah, and it's fine. What should you don't need the this? money, you don't need to sell it. You just keep so the real I, estate and use it later. I, I think this is... Obviously, we don't know much yet um, and who knows, it could also... Like, Nintendo is probably not going to announce this and not do it, mm. but... Um, it's a while away, um, so they expect to complete it um, within their 2023 financial year. So that could essentially be, you know, up until March 2024. Ooh, okay. um, I think this is a fantastic idea. Oh, that's awesome. Um, I love even if they, you know, I, I'm not expecting it to be 
they've got their Nintendo land or whatever it is. What what's what's the theme park called? Super Nintendo World. Nintendo Super Nintendo World. Land World. Super Nintendo World. They've got that to show off the fun family Mario stuff. Like to me, yeah. if this is just pretty clinical. Hey, this is our philosophy. Here's our trading the. The Hanafuda cards or whatever. Well, but also the... items that we've never seen before. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because that's what they're and, talking about. And, and have them in really it. cool, have them really cool glass cases with cool lighting. Mm. And like, I want to see some prototypes. People taking, on, people taking on a tour guide and stuff like that would be really, really awesome. That'd be so cool. Yeah, I'm the same. I think to me, this is so much more appealing than uh, Mario World. I know, I know it's different because I know into God you've got kids and you're, you're super looking forward to it. I, I'd go anyway. Even if you'd I probably didn't go have anywhere. Kids, actually, yeah, yeah. I don't want to uh, use cover of kids, but but I, whereas with this, I, I'd just be, I'd, I'd just love to see the different prototypes that they had, the iterations that they did, cool little devices that were never really shown, um, unique things. Man, yeah, I'd love to. I'd, I'd, I'd really love to go to this. That would be sick if they had like prototypes and stuff yeah. like that. And we didn't we didn't actually mention it on the show, but there was a guy that actually put together his own like little museum mm. to Nintendo's uh, Hanafuda card history, yeah. um, which was awesome. I uh, don't can't remember the name of the channel, but it's it's part of his like Nintendo saw that and it's like, oh, we need to do something. <laughs> now. This guy's stuff he's, he's doing better than us. Yeah, what was like, the? Uh... Yeah, go. Okay. This has actually made me go, oh, now I have to wait until this is finished to go <laughs> to Japan go as to... well. You probably have to wait till t- 2024 anyway, so I wouldn't yeah, worry. There's no yeah, rush. <laughs> we're in Australia. We're, no one's getting vaccinated. No one's allowed. Fortress no Australia. It's actually prison go. Australia. Pretty much prison stay. Australia. Yeah. Three, three cases in well, you, you guys are still lockdown. locked down. Yeah, we're still in a lockdown, yeah, and there's no end in sight. So. God, I hate to live in Victoria. But um, Look, anyway, I don't want to get into that. We happen yeah. to be lucky that it doesn't affect us as much, That's especially true. someone like Swinney. He doesn't give a shit. Like, how has it affected <laughs> your life? <laughs> uh, it has, but let's not get into it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, Nintendo Gallery looks really, really cool. Looking awesome, forward yeah. to it. All right, let's move on to our next piece of news. Uh, the Playdate. So we finally got some new news on the Playdate. So the Playdate was announced... Over a year ago now, uh, so originally when it was announced, and I should say what it is first, it's um, essentially like a very small, you know, smaller than a Game Boy, obviously, black and white, very, you know, sharp screen with, you know, it's exclusive or like different features. The fact that it's got a crank handle on the side where you can actually like manipulate your character in a game or do something in the game using the crank. So it's got that kind of analog motion. But it also, also has a normal D-pad and A and B buttons. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Normal D-pad, B and A or A and B. Um, but that crank is probably... You know, I can't even think of one single other console that's ever had a crank. I mean, like, not necessarily the not most as common a pr- idea. Did any, like, old Nintendo peripherals have, have a fishing so. rod or something or anything of yeah, the like? Yeah, there's been I fishing mean, rods. Yeah, but that's, yeah, that's, that's kind of I it. think, a different kind of thing. Yeah. You know? Of course, yeah. Because even with arcade, it's not that common. Because, like, you'd had spinners in arcades. There was a fishing game in arcades that had that. Yeah, but again, it's a fishing rod. I I know, I know, it's different. different. I know it's the exact same thing, but it's, like, I think the mentality of the fact that it's a rod. I think Um, it's cool. I think, look, honestly, I think it's a little gimmicky in the sense that it's it's just something cool to have that adds to the experience. But limited potential use. Um, At the same time, cool use. Because, yeah, fishing games. Come on, it's the obvious one. 
No, but it just look if you look at some of the stuff like what the Katamari creator um, has done with his game, where you wind up and slow down time. With yeah, it's very cool. Yeah, that was and pretty cool. And it's just really, really yeah. neat, yeah. Yeah, so we should say that the presentation will be on the 9th of June at 2 a.m., uh, 9th of June being okay. a Wednesday. So, and with the play date, uh, the other thing about it is that it's going to come with games. So originally it was going to come with 12 games. So they were calling that season one. And then they've already said that if they do another season, it'll be like however much money. And then you get the next season of games. It, and they're are working the 24 games in- included in the original price? I didn't well, no, I was going to get onto that. So okay. when it was originally announced, it was 12 games, two gigabytes, 149 US dollars. With this update, and it's kind of weird because they've said they've actually given us a lot of information and then said we've got it at presentation next week. But they've kind of given us all we the information I want to know, which is <laughs> they've increased the price yeah. by thirty dollars US, Tick. which is like ugh. Uh, and then the games have gone from twelve to twenty-four, and they've and increased the storage from two gigabytes to four gigabytes. Do we still know if they're rolling the games out over time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do. Yes, yeah. but okay, they said okay. that they're not. So initially, I remember hearing that they, you were going to get access to the game, and everyone got access to the same game at the same time. Yeah. And once it was finished, it was finished. So everyone would play the same game at the same time. But I believe they've changed the strategy now, where you can keep the games that you played in the past. But I think they're re- they're putting on a release schedule still. There is unless- a re- yeah, there is, there is. But you get to keep the games you've already played. As opposed I didn't know to they were going only- to remove the games to be. They were going honest. to do that. Yeah, yeah. The, oh, the guy sucks. actually said that they've they've changed that that strategy, which is kind of yeah, interesting. It's interesting. It would have been interesting though, I think, if they forced you. But I kind of. And then maybe at the end of the 12 games, they would have released all of them that you can play again because that would have forced everyone to play the same game. Mm. That would have been kind of cool, but... They changed that direction pretty early on, so it's not like a recent thing. So it's like they talked about that um, a while back. But I'm glad they're kind of not doing that. I think they would have had a bit of... uh, Probably a bit of backlash if they forced people to do that. (laughs) Be like Mario 35. (laughs) So I was like pretty keen on getting this, like... But I have to say the price jump, you know, it's like 40, 50 Australian dollar yeah, price 250 jump. 250 bucks. It's mm. like a lot, man. Yeah, that, it's like, that is a lot for something that... With GST, oh, it's 250 yeah. without shipping. And then, yeah. like, you know, with the analog products, shipping could be outrageous to Australia. It could be 80 bucks, 100 bucks. Look, if it's going to be like 300 and something, there's just no way I'm going to buy it. I, I, I don't know. I think with the price now, I don't know. Something what? in yeah. just like if it was 199 Australian dollars, I'd be like, oh, it's painful, but I'll probably get it, right? Yeah. But above it's that, it's a tough one. Yeah, it's it's one of those you've got every other console kind of thing, then maybe get it. I just think you know, it, it with shipping and everything, it's going to reach into PS4 territory. At that point, why not just get a PS4 that can do most games kind of thing you know what i mean it's well, no but it's a, very a totally different niche it's totally different niche but it's yeah. extremely niche as as to what it does it's just something I like think. if nintendo did it right and they said we you know we've got the switch that's you know our main platform we've yeah. got this bizarro platform on the side you know they would price it at like 149 australian i reckon and that's like yeah i'll probably just do it 149 Australian for this crazy device. Yeah, okay, cool. Oh, that, yeah, but I don't think I could get away with selling it for 100... Sorry, my cat's here. For 140. It, it's too little for, for what's in the tech. And the fact that it's a relative... Nah, I don't think the tech's that Well, crazy. no, no, no. I think it's it's the it's a relatively, you know, small run in terms of a piece of tech. That's the thing. Yes, that's the problem. That's the problem. Switch scale sales. No, correct. 
So, Correct. and and this is what I'm going to get to. So, I, I do like what um, what Panic, who are the creators of the Playday, are doing. So they're gonna they've already said they're gonna open up pre-orders after the announcement, and then they're gonna pretty much have it open for a period of time, take the orders, and then build to however many orders they okay. get. So it won't be a, they've got a thousand and whoever tries to get in first and the bots win and all that kind of stuff. Um, And the other one really quickly is they've got a really cool development program that's pretty much open to everyone. Uh And, you know, I think there'll be a lot of indies who jump on this. And this is part of the reason why I wanted to jump on it because, because you've got that new crank, I just feel like you could get a lot of really crazy little niche games pop out of there. That would be really sick. Um so, yeah, look, I don't know. We might update next week if there's anything material that comes from it, but I'm kind of keen to check it out. I just want to see how much it's going to be grounded, you know, shipped to Australia. If it's like $300, it's like, ah. Uh, let's talk know. about another uh, overpriced device. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our next bit of news. The Atari VCS. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> so, last year, there was a period of time where they announced that it got delayed. We have covered the Atari VCS. We covered this game on episode five of the Big Week podcast. Wow. And it's before my time. Yeah. And the, yeah, the good days. And this, this <laughs> hey. was like an EB listing. And we're like, wow, this is insane. This is like the same price as, you know, a PlayStation 5 is going to be or Series X. And we actually never even covered that it got delayed. <laughs> Because <laughs> mm. I don't think any of us noticed it. Swinny, did you notice it got delayed when it got delayed? This game, this thing has been delayed so much that you just stop paying attention. That's yeah. true. That's true. Um, and, you know, I think if you want to follow this more closely, there's other really great podcasts that have focused more on retro stuff. Uh, like one that I like is the Completely Unnecessary Podcast. And they just, you know, they hammer this kind of stuff. They <laughs> <laughs> They're big fans of the Atari VCS. Clearly, <laughs> better not say anything bad about it. But hang on, did 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 the initial because this started off as a Kickstarter campaign, right? Indiegogo. Oh, Indiegogo. Yeah. Sorry, it's even worse. Uh, and but did the initial lot get sent to the people? Like, did, did, so did the I heard. From what I've seen, I heard that some of the Indiegogo backers started receiving yeah. stuff at the end of last year. Yeah, because um, I've seen we don't. I don't stuff and. Yeah, I don't know how extensive that rollout has been. It could have been just to top tier backers or something like that. Right, but this is um, the official launch now where you can walk into JB Hi-Fi, which you'll talk about in a sec, and just pick maybe, it up. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Well, it's available. You want to talk about the good things? Like, I, I have to say, the logo, like Atari VCS, the logo looks awesome. Like, mm. huge tick on the very logo. retro, yeah. Very retro, very, like, yeah. but retro, modern, like, Huge tick, right? I think the way the console looks looks, it looks great, awesome. Perfectly it's like literally retro. perfect. Yeah. Like you couldn't make it better. It's like analog style quality. The controllers. Oh well, I guess uh, you know I've pretty much finished saying the good stuff. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> you know what, what, what? So they've improved. They've improved. They've they, you, you get the classic controller, which is an improvement over the original. Yeah, the classic controller. Really hard horrible. to. Frick- I know, I know, but people want that nostalgia. It's just part of it's part of the the package. You don't have to get it because you can get the standalone console without without that controller and then they've got you know the 360 ripoff controller um i think the classic one's cool it's just a modern ver- modern iteration of the classic one if you want to you know splurge out a lot of money and play the original atari games in that mode because this thing obviously does more than just the original atari games or the 2600 games um i think it's cool i think it's a cool little added 
so thing. It will. So you'll get a, you'll get some games when you buy it as well. Like uh, you get access to the Atari VCS Vault, which comes with a bunch of like I think hundred Atari and arcade games. Mm-hmm. But I was actually interested in this. I hadn't. I didn't know much about this Antstream Arcade. Apparently, it says a digital store will feature over a dozen games at launch with yep. Antstream Arcade. So I I actually downloaded this Antstream Arcade because you can get it on PC. <laughs> I love it. And it's there's actually a whole bunch of games on there that like there's a, there's some big name games there. Um, unfortunately, it's one of those apps where it's like you need to restart your computer, and then I forgot to to try it actually before the show. So that's kind of <laughs> unfortunate. And, and Mike's trying to like. Just shoo someone away. <laughs> the most important you're, thing you're, you're on the camera, by the way. They <laughs> they <laughs> no, no, can't because it's like Wait, vertical. Is this, is this the new Vegemite or the old Vegemite? It's uh, Mike's oh, Mike's no, wife for the 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 people at home. No, that's fine. Thanks. Babe. So I'll, I'll switch to the most important thing. I've just sent you the link. Atari speaker hats. Oh, you get one Ooh. when you order Ooh. it via Ooh, what? Best Buy, I think it is. What a speaker US? hat. Yeah, you get one of the one of the outlets. You get a speaker hat when you get the Atari VCS. Oh. Have you seen how expensive these speaker hats? What? Are? <laughs> Wait, is, that's US dollars too, right? Yeah, Whoa. it's one hundred and thirty US dollars for these Atari speaker hats. Whoa! Yeah. So okay, so a game in the US, GameStop and Best Buy bundle purchases will include a speaker hat. Wow. Okay, that's oh. a good deal. <laughs> it is kind of cool. Oh, yeah. though, it's a speaker hat is kind of cool. <laughs> uh, so, like, okay, we, we're going to get back to it though, because at JB, so in Australia, this is more expensive than a PlayStation Five, correct? Well, it's uh, yeah, eight hundred and forty-nine dollars. Yes, yeah, a hundred dollars more expensive. Yeah. <laughs> what you just post, Mike? Minimum purchase one unit. No, because on on the Atari speaker hat on their website, it goes minimum purchase one unit, <laughs> not maximum like, purchase okay. one unit. No, it's not maximum. You have it's to buy minimum. one. You have to, no, buy you have to at least buy oh one. My God, I, I have to. I, I don't know. I can't leave. I can't even close the browser now. It's making me buy one. It's a Trojan horse. I fooled you guys. Yeah. It says minimum. You have to follow it's a, it. It's the internet. It's gonna. It's gonna start it's mining. Uh, mining Atari crypto while you're wearing it. <laughs> So, yeah, like, there's Atari mode for this, right? Which is, like, trying to be more like the original Atari, play games. And then there's a PC yeah. mode, where it's basically... Because all this thing is, is, like, a little PC box. It's a... It's, it's a it's, this, so, this is... So, we're talking about the price. This is probably the first big concern I have about it. It's a glorified... <laughs> it's a glorified <laughs> Intel Nook uh, slash every other manufacturer that has these things. That I think you can get for cheaper than eight forty nine to do very similar stuff. Other than you know you don't get the inbuilt Atari uh, library and all that stuff, which is you know I guess it's kind of cool. But, but there's you can other get that like on anyway. Steam, exactly. You, know, you can buy that anywhere. So I think as if you look at it from that perspective, eight forty nine is too much for this kind of stuff. You can get you can get cheaper things that do almost the same thing. Um, off the top of my head, probably more powerful than the the ryzen what is it the r1606g um i've got i've got a you know a 3000g cpu which i think is on par i might have to make a correction next week but i think it's roughly on par in terms of performance and the thing that was like 80 bucks for the cpu um and building stuff around it doesn't cost that much more so like that's not to discount the fact that this is a cool piece of hardware it's just you're paying a premium for the atari brand for what it technically is which is a glorified 
laptop without a screen slash Intel Nook type. What device. what I want to know is so they've got the listing on JB website, but that's the bundle only. What happened like, to the I, EB it, Games one though? It so it's are they still it's, doing it? Or? It's gone into the ether. So oh, um, sold out yeah. or why? Oh, I don't think it would have sold out. I think they probably just. Mm. I should talk to my contacts to see what yeah. happened. Yeah. But um, but the thing is, right? Are you actually going to be able to buy this thing without the bundle here, or do you just have to get this eight hundred forty nine bundle? Oh, I think you'd have to get the eight hundred forty nine one. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, I'm I'm honestly over talking about the Atari VS right now. So. <laughs> you wanted to talk about it? Yeah, for like five minutes. Okay, I'll just say quickly <laughs> that. What, okay, what I would have done <laughs> if I was like Atari, I feel like they would have made more money if they made a very cool case. That you can put a Raspberry Pi in, or like a Mister. Like if they, if that's all their business was, was like two hundred forty nine dollars to buy like the best case you could ever buy that looks like an Atari. It's got the Atari logo. You can plug it up to the Mister or the Raspberry Pi, and it powers the the light on when you, the system's on and everything like that. To me, I feel like more people would buy that, and they'd make more money, and the profit would be better. So why doesn't someone just make an, a, a mini Atari looking? What? Hang on a minute, where is my? What are you, what are you talking about? I don't know. What it's like mid conversation. <laughs> oh, there's a fly no, up there. No, All right, no. I'm gonna move on. I'm gonna Sorry. move on. All right, we've moved uh, on, Mike. Going, we've moved on. Going uh, only because I remembered the... I had this bloody thing up there. <laughs> All right, oh, Mike. Okay. So I wonder yeah. if you could just he, you, know, you have ADHD. ADHD. I do have it. This probably, right, we're gonna move actually, on. this probably fits a Raspberry Pi he's sh- in it. But he's showing, an Atari fl- he's showing an Atari flashback. Okay, sure, that does so look pretty cool. a little that flashback. Cool. Yeah. So I reckon you could take this little thing. And you, it's it's about the size of... Oh, you could fit a Pi in this easily. And you Maybe. could turn this into almost this $849 device. <laughs> and I picked this up from Kmart for like $49. Okay. So. Still too much. All right, let's move on, <laughs> let's move on to the next cool story. Look at it. It's freaking awesome. All right, so Minecraft, uh, Minecraft, Minecraft YouTuber Dream, the the person who's never been seen, what he actually looks like, uh, former now speedrunner, and then also uh, mostly like you know content creator for Minecraft, has finally come out, sort of, you know, sort of coming out saying that yes, uh, how do you say this? It's not that he admits to cheating; he admits that there were mods on his setup and then therefore his runs weren't legitimate as everyone understood they weren't based hmm. on the maths and the stats. So, it's almost like I'd, I'd written it in a way to help you in that run sheet. <laughs> <laughs> no, he but confe- I'm trying to find my own he words. Con- he confessed that, uh, that unintentionally that it was a modded speedrun. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the easiest way to say it. It's un- unintentionally a modded speedrun. So we covered this in episode uh, 24. And, you know, our conclusion was that he cheated. Um, I and- think it was pretty much the, the consensus um, after all the stats came out that it was mathematically, like, the, the odds were so improbable. Yeah, just, to have a yeah. sequence of runs where he was having so much luck. You could have one lucky run, but to have it over and over and over again. But uh, let, let's get to his statement. So he did issue a statement on Pacebin, and it was really long. Like, it was crazy how long the statement was. Um, 
what was your what was your feeling of his statement, Swinney? Like, we're not going to go through the whole statement, but no. Look, my first reaction in general to the fact that he'd confessed was, oh, he got he got caught out, and he wanted to like he he wanted to find an angle here, right? That was my initial reaction. But over time, I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence now because I could see basically what he's saying is that you know that there was a server-side plugin that, according to his API logs, was shown that it wasn't um, active. Um, and it's a it's a mod that they had previously um, disclosed that they used for other Minecraft content yeah. videos to make them more interesting so that the drop rates weren't horrible. And apparently they had disclosed that in the past. Like, I don't watch the guy, so I'm just going off his statement here. Yeah. This is for, like, his Manhunt series. Like yeah. and they're insanely popular. It's like literally will get millions of views each video. Yeah, and he was he basically in his statement says that he was ninety nine percent certain that 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 wouldn't have been a thing, and it wasn't showing up apparently in his logs. Um, but and I'm not going to get into the technical side of things because first of all I don't understand it. Second of all, it's not that interesting. But basically, he's saying that look, it turns out that it was active, and that he is obviously now confessing, and he goes quite at length into his relationship with the Minecraft mod team mm. and how some of it still feels very defensive where he feels that he was unfairly picked upon with this. But, I mean, the proof is in the pudding. Like, they were correct. The thing, you know, so I think they were justified in their treatment. The thing that I don't buy about this whole thing is not that, you know, uh, you, I could even almost accept maybe he didn't realise the mods were on. Like, in terms of, I didn't purposely switch the mod, right? But we've all played games, right? And if, like, the thing is, it's like Rocket League. I played, I don't know, 500 plus hours of Rocket League, right? So think about games where you've played that much. If all of a sudden, you know, I'm hitting the ball and the ball is going two times the speed, I'll notice it straight away, you know? And I feel like you guys, like, playing certain games that you you just know back to front when... Thing, something has changed in the game, you just notice it straight away. And that's right. the part to me that I just call bullshit on what he's saying fundamentally because there's no way he was playing it and going, oh, this is, feels totally normal. That every single run I do, I'm just getting through these big hurdles without really much pushback on multiple runs, like run after run after. There was like six runs where he had like insane luck. And that's the part that I just think complete bullshit. Like he would have known. He would have been like, wait a second, this is like... Something's gone wrong here. And, you know, post that, I think everything's damage control from my perspective. Yeah, it's interesting. The The reason why I'm now on the fence is that thinking about it, he had way more to lose than to gain with this. Uh. Right? To, for, to get found out as a cheater by knowingly cheating, he had way more to lose than gain. Like, he... You know, like, just look at the, like, he's got, what, had 22.8 million subscribers, probably up to 23 by the time we covered this on the show. Um, it's, he doesn't need to have a world record to be popular and to make a career out of this stuff. Um, also, the dude, in terms of, like, how he reacted to this whole thing, like, we've got to remember, this dude is apparently, like, 21. Right? He's still a young dude. Well, we don't like, even really know who it is, right? Well, that's what I'm saying, like, apparently. Mm. Um it's so amazing I think, to be that age and have 21 million subscribers. And he goes, he go in his statement, he goes in depth that he felt like he does not know anything about maths. And he, yeah, that's I, why he I reached out, that. you I know. That. 
And so it's kind of half like, because as I said, my initial reaction was, oh, what a load of bullshit. But then it's like the fact that, and I'd like to fact check this, but the fact that he said that, hey, they've disclosed in the past that they use this mods in their other content. Oh, yeah, but it's the part. No, but that's what I'm saying is the part that makes me kind of think that maybe it was completely unintentional. You know, it's kind of like it's. Yeah, I, I, it's I, a tough thing. I actually I think don't both. think he cheated, like in the mm. sense of I am turning on the mod yeah. and then playing the game, right? I fully accept that it was on and he didn't realize. Like, he, he didn't intentionally switch it on and then play. Mm. What I totally call bullshit on is he would have spent 2,000, 3,000 hours playing Minecraft, right? Because that's all he does. He would have spent two, 3,000 hours playing Minecraft total in his life, right? And he's like 21. So that if you're looking at a portion of his life, a huge portion of his life, there is zero chance that if you have six runs in a row and the odds of getting what you're getting are so astronomically different, you wouldn't notice. Of course you'd notice. But that's what I'm saying. Do you think he noticed after he'd set this record? No, I think... you're he... saying he didn't notice... You said that it was unintentional that he had the mod on. Yeah, but I think he would have realized during the run. I think he would have realized during the run and then, then getting called out for it. I'm sure he would have been like, shit, like, yeah, that didn't seem right. And now I'm backed in a corner, right? Mm-hmm. And then he just, he even said in the statement, he's like kind of coming out aggressively and he, he regrets how he sort of like lashed out at people. But I think it's more like he knew it wasn't right. Something was a bit off. And then he's checked it. He's like, oh no, it's saying that I'm not cheating. I, I don't have the mods on. But you just know that it's not right. Like, that's why people, when they were watching it, they were going, this is bullshit. Because it's like impossible. Just the gut feel of like, the odds that you kind of, you know, build into your body if you play these games so much. You just know if something's been tweaked in the game. People even do it when they, you know, games get patched and they play the games, like, religiously. They're like, oh, this gun is shit now. It's like, they don't know the stats for it, but they just get the feel of the game. And that's the part that I'm just like, nah, I'll never believe this guy. Like, no way, man, this guy didn't feel like something was amiss in his runs. Yeah, I think also the timing... I think there was a big Minecraft challenge event that mm. happened and this got released just afterwards is very telling there that he, I do think as much as I think it was unintentional, I think he's known about this for a long time and he's just was waiting for what seemed like the right time to try to open up about it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right. Well, let, let's hope that's the last we ever talk about dream. <laughs> All I right. Like dream. Uh, <laughs> oh, and I, I, one thing is I forgot to say, I went on this crazy deep dive. Where, like, I'm like, I want to find out who this guy is, right? Stalker. And... Oh, you kind of talk So no, Bloody of course stalker. not. No, I just want to know who he is. That, right? But still, he's talking. So I was like, ah, oh, okay, because there's one thing you can do, just language analysis. So you look through how people write, and then you look at bits where they've actually written something incorrectly. So it's like you, you're not meant to write it like that, right? So he said something like weight on his shoulder. Right, which is really odd. Like no one writes that. You always have a weight on my shoulders. And then he wrote something else. And I like I searched for those two things on the internet and I found like a hit where there was a fan fiction story <laughs> where the author had used oh, yeah. the exact same incorrect statements. Right? And I was like, Whoa, okay, cool. Right. What was a fan what was the fan fiction about? It was Doki Doki Panic. Right? Do- Wait, Doki Doki Literature Club? Yeah, yeah, Doki- sorry. Doki Doki yeah. Literature, Literature okay. Club. Sorry. Yeah, it was two different... different okay. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> so, all right. So, I kind of want to see where this is going. Then I was now. like, holy yeah. shit, have I discovered who Dream is, <laughs> right? 
<laughs> and then, um, so then what you do in these kind of anal- analysis is then you look at other errors and then see if they're replicated, but you don't use, do you, like, do you get what I'm saying? You yeah, don't I got use, exactly what you mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the other weird thing is that he said something like nowhere, but he put a space between the no and the where. So then I started searching this author on this fan fiction site for like, how do they spell nowhere? Right. <laughs> and I'm like searching for it. And then it came up with like, no, and it was like W H something. And I'm like, Oh my God. And then it was just like, <laughs> no way or something like that or whatever. And it was like something totally different. And then I found the author used nowhere properly. And then I started looking some other stuff. I'm like, probably unlikely to be him. So the motive of the story is be, I didn't find them. be I as I inconsistent as you possibly can so- on the internet. Intergot, it's always saying he doesn't have time to play I know, games exactly, yeah. play. <laughs> I didn't play games last week, I was too sick. Meanwhile, I'm doing this detective freaking work, trying to figure out who this dude stalker is that, works. for stalker some reason, works. I'm still talking about. How's a stalker? I don't How's know why. Work? <laughs> no, I thought it was interesting. I thought, man, how funny would that be? That, that could uh, be the thing that breaks the podcast through. <laughs> well, I mean, I <laughs> think... Sure if I want that. Yeah. Uh, all right, do you want to move on to the bargain bin? Yes, let's. All right, let's go. All right, so my favorite segment every week is the bargain bin. So not my favorite bin. segment anymore, it's not. <laughs> For the week commencing the 6th of June, 2021. Uh, so Epic Game Store, uh, Frostpunk, is free this week. Great game. And the mega sale still continues to the 17th of June, and if you have your vouchers, you can still claim them, and they will expire the 17th of June. Some notable games, I think, uh, are stuff like GTA, that's only 23 three odd dollars so just under just over the minimum amount because i think the minimum amount's what 22 22.99 99 or something uh metro i have a copy of it fortunately but i saw that was cheap and you know, mike it would be good always, if you had written this down or something yeah you can always add this to our I, I am sorry but they're the two major ones that <laughs> i like thought the I'd most organized out. people and then you fucking just say well <laughs> uh, we just add it now <laughs> and again the mystery game is for next week so it'll be interesting to see what that is uh, I do, from time to time, if there's a good deal on Amazon Prime Gaming, as it used to be known, Twitch Prime. Uh, so there's two games that are free that are decent. So if you have an Amazon Prime membership, you can get these. Uh, so Battlefield 4, which you can claim on Origin. Weirdly enough, I have Battlefield 3, 4, and 5. I didn't even know that. And uh, Batman the Telltale series. So very decent games. So you can pick those up. Is on it, Steam. Is it though? Would you say it's worth grabbing and playing for more than mm, half an hour? <laughs> hey, some people do like it. Some I people know, like hey, it. Hey, hey, I liked it. I liked it. I'm just yeah. making fun of the previous segment where you talked about it. <laughs> well, I, I personally didn't find it that engaging, but some people do. So, okay. <laughs> uh, Speaking of which, uh, Steam and Microsoft Store, you can pick up all three episodes now of Tell nice. Me Why for free until the 1st of July. So oh, I've we'll added them. It's free. Also on Xbox as well. Oh, and also on Xbox, thank you very much. Uh, Nintendo Switch, digital highlights. So, Dragon Quest 3, not the HD 2D game, but Dragon Quest 3, the port, uh, is $12.30 until the 9th of June. Okami HD is fourteen ninety five until the 14th of June. And Monster Sanctuary, a game that Swinney and I have spoken about a lot, is, for the first time, the lowest price it's been. Nineteen thirty nine, so that's thirty three percent off until the seventeenth of June. I think it's well worth twenty bucks. Uh, I'd pick that up if you're interested in a monster collecting game. Uh, no highlights on P- PlayStation, so over to you for Xbox, Winnie. Yeah, we got some uh, Game Pass Edition highlights. So available now is For Honor on console, 
Uh, coming the 10th of June, we have Darkest Dungeon on console and PC Game Pass. And just announced uh, the other day, we have Need for Speed Hot Pursuit Remastered, which Mike reviewed on the show, I believe. Uh, avail- coming to console and PC Game Pass on the 24th of June. Uh, some removals coming uh, in uh, on the 15th of June is Ace Combat 7 for console. And on console and PC, we've got Nightcall, Observation, West of Dead, and Wizard of Legend all leaving Game Pass on 15th. A uh, bit of a PSA as well. So this week, there was a bunch of surprise delistings on digital stores for five different Need for Speed games. Mm. And they've also set a server shutdown date for the 31st of August this year. So the Need for Speed games are Carbon, Undercover, Shift, Shift to Unleashed, and The Run. So there, if anyone's interested in wrapping up uh, any achievements or playing some online multiplayer before they shut down, that is until the 31st of August. I really wish there's some kind of long-term sustainable approach to server shutdowns. Because, hmm. you know, like I feel like if the community would take it over, they'd be happy to, right? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, they're not going to... Yeah, let's just... Unless there's a hardcore shift to unleashed community out there for mult online, then uh, people only care about you know, <laughs> other games. So. That's true. That's true. All right. Well, let's get into our first special segment of the show. Our E3 predictions. E3 is back, baby. Baby. Um, you know, it online. was really weird last year because they split out the announcements over. It felt like the course of three months, which probably good for our show, but quite exhausting as well. So. Looking forward to some E3 insanity. We we kind of thought it would be more news already, like, but this show is pretty light re- relatively on news. Uh, and we thought, yes, let's get in before all these sort of announcements happen and let's jump into our predictions. Does anyone want to go first? How are we going to do this? And we should say it's going to be One three predictions. Yep. Uh, I'm sure that Swinney's going to have the lamest, most obvious Assassin's no, that, Creed, the next, me. the next Assassin's Creed type screw, of prediction. Screw you, mine <laughs> are very bold. Okay, and then mm. we're going to do a Smash prediction, Smash character prediction. Even nice. Mike, who doesn't like Smash. <laughs> I will so how do we want to do it? Do we want to do one prediction One at each? a time. Yeah, one, one prediction at a time. Each. Yeah. All right, who wants to go first? I'll go first. So mine are pretty lame and I think very predictable. And I think the first thing we'll see is a new Fable game. Uh, Wait, what? Being shown <laughs> properly. Oh, come on. I thought we we're talking about new announcements, not like we're going to show something. Yeah, like, this, show- is lame. <laughs> this is lame. I said mine were going to be, gonna be lame. Last time my predictions were completely Everything that I've wrong, got is unannounced. So I'm just, unannounced. just going to go with like stuff that I, I'm confident will happen. <laughs> that's not, that's not okay, predictions. Okay, okay, go, go, go. No, nah, I'm it's going his, with that. It's I'm sticking to right. it. Mike is the new title of being the lame-ass motherfucker. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> go on. So that's it, Fable. Okay, you got to go no. harder in the paint. So what do you mean? Like they'll show proper game gameplay, pay, gameplay footage. Yes, dated. Yeah. Yes, they okay. will date it. And what date is it? It's going to be <laughs> later this year, twenty twenty one. Okay, yeah, all right, November twenty twenty one. Got you in the box there. That's uh, good. Is yeah. anyone <laughs> noting this? Is there anyone noting this down? Of course not. All right, okay. hang on. I will type it up. I've already okay. written mine, so I can just copy and paste it. Cool. Cool. Okay. Cool. All right, I'll go next. Uh, so I've split mine up uh, between three different, uh, I guess, presentations. Yeah. So my Xbox presentation prediction is Killer Instinct 2 Ooh. is announced being developed by Ninja Theory. Ninja Very Theory. Very specific. 
Okay. Where yes. are you getting your ninja yeah. theory? Interesting. Be- because they, I was just looking at the stuff they're working on, and I just think that they've got the most action chops out of Very the specific. developers that Microsoft has recently acquired. So I thought, hey, who better to make Killer Instinct 2 out of the studios that they have under their wing? Mm-mm. Okay. I like it. I like it. I'm actually like super keen to get into Killer Instinct again. So that I like your I like your prediction. All right. So what you got? I've got a prediction. It's it's partly based on rumors. Uh I believe that the Odyssey team are working on Super Mario X Donkey Kong Kingdoms Collide. They will be what? making a Donkey Kong sixty four sequel, but also a sequel to Mario Odyssey where you oh, Mario Odyssey. can play Mario and then also Donkey Kong is in the story as well. That's and, wild. And there's interchange between yeah. those two. Okay. I'm thinking interesting. the last time we probably had a plat like I because that, you know, when I say platform or three D or two D, I'm just thinking was Yoshi's Island too when they had Donkey Kong in that mm. with Man. the other Mario characters. Now like Mario and Donkey Kong being together, it's obviously given that they're in the same game together as the first game together, Donkey Kong the arcade game. Hmm. It's not unusual. And there's been a lot of like versus games. But I look, I think the thing is Nintendo want to revitalize Donkey Kong, in my view. And I think putting it into a platformer, and they're just the best at making those platformers. But at the same time, I'm just not a buyer that they would just make a Donkey Kong game. I feel like Mario is such a powerful, you know, part of their franchise that Mm. they would have to, you know, collide them together. I don't know. I just think it makes a lot of sense and it'd be fun and interesting, you know, way to merge. So, yes, and I've got the name as well, Kingdoms Collide with a K. And uh-huh. and then I also want to say that the story will have Bowser and then also King K rule, and it will be like okay. them working in cahoots. Are you making all of this up a hundred percent, or is it based on? <laughs> yeah, some what do you mean? Sort of. <laughs> yeah, I don't no, know. No, that's yeah, no, that's this semblance of reality. Uh, full, full on prediction. Cool. Wow. All right, go on. What's your prediction, too, Mike? God damn, mine are lame. A new Metroid game. Oh my god! <laughs> they haven't even finished this. They haven't even properly shown Metro Prime Four yet. No, there's there's going to be a new one on top of that. On okay. top of like that a two D yeah. Metroid, like a two D Metroid. Okay, that that's a bit more bold. Well, I had that as my fourth or third prediction, but I changed it because I thought it was so lame. Uh-huh. Well, well it is lame. Like Mercury <laughs> Steam, we haven't, that. we haven't heard anything from Mercury Steam, <laughs> and they did a pretty good job with Samus Returns. So it feels like yeah. obvious that they'll be making something Metroid two D. But yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. My next. Wait, wait, one. hang on, hang on. We've got to box oh, him in a bit more because these are boring. Why? Is it going to be don't... Metroid Five, or is it going to be a remake of an existing Metroid game? Ah, oh, I think it's going to be Metroid Five. Oh, I'd be happy, yeah. man. It's two thousand and two since the last new Metroid game in the series. So, okay. All right. Cool. All right. So my next one is for Nintendo. I think we will see an announcement of Xenoblade Warriors. So a Warriors Ooh, game set okay. in Warriors. Okay, that's an yeah. interesting one. Yeah. Wow. So they. It's a good. You know, that's a good one, dude. That's a good yeah. one. Oh, damn, we've I had... like that one. I like that one. That's a good <laughs> one. Shit, I think that's gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've had Fire Emblem Warriors. We've also had Fire Emblem Warriors. Um, and Persona, while not Nintendo, got anime, the treatment recently. So, Xenoblade mm. has three different mainline games that, you know, it can pull characters from. So, I reckon, well, yeah, prediction is Xenoblade Warriors, obviously headed up by uh, Koei Tecmo. So. Damn, that's a good one. I like that. I like that one. 
I could see that. I, I would be banking that one out of all of them so far. <laughs> all right, so we're up to me, right? Yeah. Um, my prediction is that id, Hugo Martin, Marty Stratton, the, the guys over at id, are going to be making a Quake reboot in the style of yeah. what they've done with Doom. Yep. And instead of being about the Strog and, you know, the kind of Quake 2 timeline, because Quake is really like two series in one, both called Quake. Uh, I think that just thinking about those guys, I just think, I don't think they'll go to Doom 3 straight away. I think they kind of got a bit burnt out with Doom Eternal. I think they'd want to do something new-ish, but still stay within the whole realm of being in the id space. And I actually think they'll go to Quake 1 and go really hard on the HB Lovecraft style. And like one other additional prediction, I think they'll have like Dragon in the game because that was very infamous part of, you know, Quake, because they had a dragon in one of the screenshots, and then there's no dragon in the actual game. I remember mm. that when I was a kid. Um, so, yeah, like, I think they'll make Quake, and they'll lamely call it Quake. So that's me. Okay. That, that's not a bad one. I think it's very plausible, because we did talk about a potential Quake reboot on a previous episode, I think. Didn't we? Over to you, Mike. What's your third Also, uh, Sweeney, you were going to say something? No? No, no, go. Cool. Go. Okay, so my third prediction, which is not that they're going to actually reveal a trailer for Elder Scrolls, uh, the the new Elder Scrolls. That's not my prediction. I think they will do that, but I reckon there's going to be a new Duke Nukem game. Oh, okay, interesting. Because of the the revitalization of Apogee uh, and the 3D Realms tie-in. So that's well, you know, Gearbox. New I think Gearbox has the rights. They have the rights now, yeah. I think. And I Gearbox think. isn't. They do have. Um, they do have an E3. They are at E3. Correct. Yes, correct. So, yes. it's I not going like, to happen. But that's. I, I did say it because remember when I was saying to you guys, you know, Duke Nukem Forever. Like, was that a good game? I might buy it. I, I'll just Nukem. quickly check. It's not in alphabetical order. Yeah, I've got it. <laughs> I've actually, I've it the You've only you got like had it. five 360 games and it's one of them. <laughs> no, I've got a lot of 360 games. Yeah, all three of them. <laughs> you got three yeah. of them. <laughs> Sorry, so now you got like, oh one, two, three, four, five of them. No, 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 you can't see it all, but they're like, there's a whole above? row up here. Yeah, oh, whole right, we can't see the row above. Games. Right, fair enough, fair enough. Oh, so you guys didn't see that I've got a whole extra row no. of 360 games. No, that's why the other day we were talking about 360 games, and I'm like, wow, that's a huge collection of five no, games. No, 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 I've got like 20 <laughs> games above that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I saw those. <laughs> oh, okay, there you go. So yeah, yeah, I'd be all up for a Duke Nukem game. I think it'd actually be really interesting because... It's so in our current cancel culture generation. That's why I'd want to see what happens with I it. I think it actually would go well. Like, yeah, if anything. it almost so, would. If, like if it ends up being a good game, because the last one wasn't great. Can you think? Right. Of, you're a pretty creative guy. Can you think of a title on the fly for Duke Nukem 5? No, I can't. Oh, okay. <laughs> Duke Nukem. Duke Nukem. Duke, take a fiver. Fly. Duke Nukem 5 ever. <laughs> 5 ever. Spelt like the TV show. It should be $5 ho or something like that. <laughs> All right, um, am I, all right, so my next one is probably the most bold one. Is Ooh. Square Enix will announce a Seeker of Evermore remake in the, sti- in the style of what they did with Trials of Mana, not like Final Fantasy VII. Oh, okay. okay. So that's I, an interesting one. That is the one I want to happen. They didn't no, make don't... that game, though, so that's interesting. Well, the US studio did. You know, like it's still Square 
product. So. Yeah, but you know the Japanese. They unless they made it, they don't care. But that's, that's why it's more like okay, this is, that's this is never going to happen. But I want it to happen. It's yeah, one that'd of my be cool. Games. It'd be like I a, love it. not a small amount, but there'd be a niche group of people that'd be so excited for that. I'd be picking that up. That'd be really cool. Yeah. Uh, so my final one, it's I don't think it's super bold, but I'll explain how I think it's going to work. Uh, I think Xbox will announce xCloud Asterix on the Switch. So well, I think they'll do a deal with Nintendo. I think the deal will be really hard for people to understand. I think what Nintendo will do is they will have rights over what games are going to appear on xCloud on the Switch. And I think Nintendo will go and eliminate games that they believe could be natively on the Switch. So if, if a game is like purchasable on the Switch, I don't think it would be available on xCloud. I think if Nintendo thinks a game should be available on Nintendo because it, you know, it should be playable on the Switch, they won't allow it. And I think it will be like a real cut-down library and I think you'll be able to subscribe on the Switch and Nintendo will get a cut of that money, maybe 15%, but okay, we'll never what, know that. What would happen to games like your Ori that are... Could kind of cross over both. I don't think they'll be on it, even though it's an Xbox published title. Correct. Oh, that's that's a strange. Uh, to me, that would be like the shoe into him being. I totally agree, but this is like I don't know. For me, just gut feel Nintendo. This is the kind of shit that they do as well, where it's like not the most you know user centric approach, but they're very protective of games that they feel like they could make money off directly, right? So, and I don't think they want to send a signal for people to go don't publish it through Nintendo if you can, you know, if you can port it. Like, I don't think they want to encourage that. So that's, I don't know, I've been thinking about how would it actually work mechanically, and that's that's how. I think it would be like xCloud Lite. I think people will call it xCloud Lite, um, but it won't officially be called that. <laughs> It'd just be called xCloud on Switch. So, and I hope I'm wrong in the sense of, I hope it's the whole library. Like, that'd be pretty sweet. I've always been a big supporter of that. All right, so Mike is the number one Smash fan on the podcast. Mm-hmm. What character do you think will be announced? Um, assuming there is a character announced, but I think we all assume there will be um, during yeah. Nintendo's direct. Yeah, there will be. It's going to be Duke Nukem. Because <laughs> <laughs> mid-drink, I was spat up. <laughs> you just looked at... You, you were blank and you just, looked at your, you just looked up the line above. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Duke Nukem. <laughs> no, I actually thought it would be Duke Nukem. That, that is what I had written down. That famous... I think it would like, work well. It would, famous it would, Nintendo character, that's right. Yeah, but, okay, it's not a Nintendo character, but, you know, some of the other characters, are they, they're not really Nintendo characters either, Look, right? Look, that, in, so, in, in his defense, I mean, we've got Joker, you know. Exactly. Characters that aren't really, and Cloud. Very popular really Japanese yeah. characters, but yeah. But but I think Duke Nickel would be a perfect character in that game. He'll kind well, of I honestly play, think they'd need to add another like, hundred characters before they got to do Nickel. <laughs> yeah, but it'd be good. It'd be kind of like uh, well, I'm not like saying it would Fox, be bad, but slower. So really, Fox. nothing like Fox. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who else has a gun in that game. I don't know enough about not that game. Many game. Not many guns actually. Well, Fox has a gun. Fel- Joker, Fox, Falco, Snake, Snake. Snake's yeah, the so closest, probably. Oh, actually, like Snake, Snake yeah. uses his explosives more than guns, but yeah. Bayonetta has guns. He'll have a gun. Yeah, Bayonetta is one of the most And punch characters. stuff. All right, yeah. I'll do mine then. Do a serious one. <laughs> mine, this, this is probably the least bold of all my stuff. Um, I reckon I'm predicting Ryu Hayabusa from uh, Ninja Gaiden as the next that's Smash character. Plausible. okay. Yeah, um, yeah. I can't remember if there's any Koei Tecmo characters in Smash. I thought they, there might be... they had the character packs. 
for it. So there may be like I'm to- talking playable characters. I don't think there's any like roster members from them. I so. think the uh, the me fighter costumes. Yeah, me fighter costumes or uh, um, ghost spirits or whatever. But I'm talking actual characters. So I think uh, this would be the first. So I just take it that like you know if it goes down the me the the what's it called the um. Me fighter costume route, then probably won't come. But yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's maybe maybe he's already in there. But I mean, he's he's a popular pick. It's not like I'm going yeah. out on a limb here. Yeah, I oh, don't know. No, so he's definitely not a me fighter costume. Okay. Yeah. No, I think yeah. I'm kind of going a similar vein as you in terms of not going out on a limb. I picked uh, Sora. Sora. Sora would be good. Sora would be good. I feel like in Sora is absolutely inevitable in Smash. Um, but whether it be this game or the next one, I think that's the only debate. The toughest part with that is that we just had a Square Enix announcement. It's, I know, but so... like, it's not that uncommon that they do that kind of stuff, though. Yeah, yeah. So because they have good relationships with some of the publishers, but not obviously with some of the others. So yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm thinking Sora. I think like for the, <laughs> for the final one, I'm not going to be shocked if it's Waluigi, man. Yeah, I'd be cool, Vella, would you? It's, it's, been, about that, it's okay. been a while. It's been a while. And then my my troll, my just quickly, Swinney, my troll pick is that they put a character from Breath of the Wild in the game. Who? That, that like one of the merchants or something, like a random character <laughs> like that. I don't know, just like one of the characters, or one of probably those... Impa or someone. Like yeah, and I think it would just piss people off so hard if they did that. Why? But that just would not shock me at all if they, yeah, like Impa, um, if they added Impa in the game or something like that, or something my, that's going to be in Breath of the Wild too. My troll pick is another Fire Emblem character. If they did that, that would be incredible. I would actually <laughs> love that with a passion. If they did that, that'd be freaking awesome. That would is be Bayonetta so awesome. in the game? Yeah, this is the final DLC character for. Oh, Smash that's 4. right. Okay. <laughs> like uh, that's right. <laughs> Bayonetta was not the final. No, because I think you guys mentioned something the other day. Was it Corrin? Yeah, yeah. Oh, was she the second last one? Uh, she may have been the second last. Oh, okay, Corrin. All right, fair enough. Let, let's move on to our. Uh... <laughs> All right, let's go on to our last special feature. So, in this special feature, this is the brand new segment for the show. It's that. That's one sexy pitch. So where we all pitch a game that doesn't exist and we can illustrate that through graphics or just story or whatever video. Um, it's, it's taken us months to get here. We've misinterpreted the <laughs> format multiple times. We've misinterpreted Swin- the theme. Swinney has misinterpreted the format many times. <laughs> We've misinterpreted the theme of the freaking thing as well. So we didn't understand that. Like, So the theme this week, well, not uh, for this special, I'm not saying this is a weekly thing, this is a lot of work, um, is game sequels that love to see come to life. Now, I meant that as Literally. like a game that never had a sequel, make the sequel, but Swinney has taken it as, I can make any game I want, apart from the original game. <laughs> so that's where we landed. And I took it basically an original game <laughs> with a very oh, very oh, really? loose loose tie-in to <laughs> to another game so we don't know what we're pitching each other mm. i do have some images so i'm gonna start bringing up the first who's image. first who's going first swinney is gonna go first because okay, that cool. was what okay. he thought it meant <laughs> yeah so i'll go <laughs> through them. gonna go first 
So I'm just going to open up uh, image number one and then I'll show it on yep. the image screen. Number, so, image number one just says Swinny on it. So yeah, very exciting. Is that the name yeah. of the game, Swinny? Yes. Awesome. <laughs> so I'll, uh, because unfortunately I can't see what uh, Intercord is showing, um, there may be some confusion. Hopefully we'll avoid it. Um, I will. Uh, Say, hey, can you move on to the next slide because Intergon uh, or next image because Intergon is the one controlling it. So before we move any further, just wanted to say that this idea came to me within a minute of Intergon coming up with the idea for this feature. When he told me, hey, wow. I'm thinking of... I think you came up with the name before you came up with the actual concept. Didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's one sexy pitch. I'm like, I know exactly what I'm doing because honestly, it's something I've always thought about and always wanted to play. And that game is, next slide, Oh, F-Zero Saga. Love the logo. So before I get into it, just wanted to bring up a recent comment from a former Nintendo developer, Takaya Imamura, who worked on the F-Zero series, about bringing the series back. And he said, I've always thought about it many times, but without a grand new idea, it's hard to bring back. So F-Zero Saga is my grand idea. So <laughs> next slide, slide three, thanks. Yep. F-Zero Saga is a racing action RPG starring the one and only Captain Falcon. This is a bold new concept for the seventh main title in the series and the first entry in the series in over 17 years, with the last entry being 2004's F-Zero Climax on the Game Boy Advance. So move on next. Mm-hmm. Thanks. This ambitious F-Zero title will be developed by a collaborative team from both Intelligent Systems and Camelot Software Planning. Mm-hmm. So for anyone that doesn't know, Intelligent Systems have a rich history of mixing action gameplay with RPG elements and are famous for their work on the Paper Mario games, Fire Emblem, Advance Wars, and Mario Kart Super Circuit. Oh. Camelot are responsible for, for successfully mixing sports titles with RPG systems, including the classic Mario Tennis and Mario Golf handheld sport RPGs. They're also the masterminds behind the Golden Sun and Shining Force RPG series. So with the super team of mixed genre RPG specialists behind it, F-Zero Saga will be a monumental step forward for the F-Zero world and exactly what we need to bring the series back to life for fans, both old and new. So next page, thanks. Our planned features for F-Zero Saga include classic racing modes, such as Arcade Grand Prix, Time Trial. So anyone that just loves to play F-Zero for its racing, don't don't be worried. There'll also be four-player local split-screen and online for up to 16 players. We're hoping to push this number up to 30 to match the number of races in F-Zero X, but we'll see how it goes during development. Uh, The Arcade GP will feature up to 29 CPU players alongside yourself. We will also include a track editor, which nice. expands greatly on the mode included in the 64DD F0X expansion kit. You'll be able to share track codes with friends and download top-rated community tracks. Lastly, the big new feature, Falcon Saga. This is a lengthy, story-driven action RPG campaign starring Captain Falcon, which I'll get more on this, uh, get to this soon. Next page, thanks. In terms of gameplay... As this is the first F-Zero title in 17 years, we really wanted to bring it back closer to the series' roots. For that reason, the gameplay will be inspired and modelled after Nintendo 64's F-Zero X, which was a landmark entry in the series. While we take some, we'll take some ideas from the last console entry, which was Amusement Vision's F-Zero GX on the GameCube, we feel that F-Zero X's gameplay will resonate more with the tone and style of F-Zero Saga. Next page, thanks. 
For our action RPG gameplay, we've been inspired by Camelot's titles like Mario Tennis Power Tour and the game uh, Boy Advance that'll have you exploring iconic F-Zero locations on foot with Captain Falcon. And you'll also enter action battles, and this is where we're aiming for a cross between a beat-em-up and an RPG, like a mix of Scott Pilgrim vs. the World and Bandai Namco's Tales series. Next page, thanks. For visuals, we have a great modern example of Mute City already in Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, and that will be a benchmark for graphical fidelity during the racing sequences. For Falcon Saga, we're aiming for a stylized cartoon style, such as how Falcon looked in the Min Min reveal trailer for Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Next page, thanks. So, to finish things off, I want to explain a little bit more about our campaign, Falcon Saga. So, F-Zero, for a lot of people that don't realize, actually has a long history um, across both games and anime, uh, but there's also two different continuities. We'll be basing we will be basing Falcon Saga on the classic timeline with the story taking place after the GameCube's F Zero GX. That means it will take place before the most recent entry in this timeline, which was F Zero Maximum Velocity, as that game did not feature Captain Falcon. Next page. In Falcon Saga, you'll finally be able to explore iconic F Zero locations such as Captain Falcon's home planet or home city, I should say, Port Town, and the classic location Mute City. You'll be able to freely explore certain sections of these cities on foot and in the Blue Falcon. Next page. Playing as Captain Falcon, you will embark on a heroic mission to uncover a sinister plot involving many classic and brand new F-Zero characters. You'll also be able to take on many side quests, talk to interesting side characters, and hunt bounties, which is actually Captain Falcon's profession. Next page. As the gameplay will feature many hand-to-hand combat sequences, we're looking to the amazing work done in the Smash Brothers series to create Captain Falcon's moves and abilities. As he gains experience, you can unlock and upgrade these moves and acquire new active and passive skills that will aid you in both combat and exploring new areas of the world. Next page. As you progress through the story and start to uncover the sinister plot, you'll also take part in many class. F-Zero races, including uh, optional challenges during races that will reward you with more money and experience. You can use this money to upgrade the Blue Falcon's performance. We're also exploring weapon mechanics for the first time in certain race types, but that's a secret for now. Uh, next page, and the second last one. Lastly, to provide an incentive for both new and old fans to experience both the main and side content of Falcon Saga, the mode will unlock many cool extras. This includes many different skins for the different races, alternate music remixes, classic F-Zero comics and artwork, artwork, and full episodes of the F-Zero GP Legend anime series from 2003. This includes the 15 episodes released in North America and the extra 36 previously Japan-only episodes with full English subtitles. But don't worry, all the races and track themselves will be fully unlocked from the beginning in all modes to allow for easy online play. So, last page... Thank you for your time. We're hoping to bring the legend of F-Zero Saga to Nintendo Switch very soon. <laughs> very good. Very, very cool. I knew I shouldn't have let you go first. You know, <laughs> I know, it's, all, it's, it's all downhill from here, shit. It's an incredibly high bar. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. That's like Damn, so good. Son, that's really cool, yeah. That's so I, I, would, I would play this. I would totally play this. By the way, big... Really... Hmm? Big credit to, um, I think it's Ono Fire from DeviantArt that I took a really cool image for the box art and some of the key visuals there. So, just but you came up with a logo and the name. Yeah, yeah, all that rest. Yeah, yeah, nice, very cool. I, like, I, I really could see it. I really could yeah. see it actually. Yeah. Like, I, I think 
you know, like, and it's a big frustration for people who love F Zero, where they're just constantly saying, "Well, we've got no new ideas." Well, look at this, Swinney. Yeah, <laughs> Swinney's and I, got a new new idea. I exactly. don't know if Intelligent Systems and Camelot have ever collaborated on a project, so maybe that's a bit far fetched. But I mean, they're both well versed in Nintendo properties. So nice, very good, man. That's like incredible. I love it. I love it. All right, do you want to go next, Mike? Sure. So load up, uh, I'll, I'll do exactly what Swinny did. I'll just go through each one. Load up the first one. Yeah, I've got it. Yeah, cool. I've got it. Okay, so the so idea... So I should be on the thing that says Revo, yeah? That's right, yes. That's okay, the name yeah, of the game. On. So the idea I'm pitching is a game called Revo. And it's a game about evolution. Or to be precise, re-evolution. And I'll explain So this is why. a sequel, right? So it, I'll explain that in a sec. Okay, I'll explain okay. that in a sec. <laughs> now, it's not a game about a, a revolution. There's no dictators in this game or anything like that, although there are bosses. It's a game about evolving and the evolution of organisms. And the reason it's called Revolution, or Revo for short, is because it's a roguelike, where you evolve, eventually die, start again, re-evolve, uh, and so on and so forth. Now... Because I had to do some sort of a tie-in to an existing game, I would say this is a spiritual successor to the game Spore. Because it's probably the closest game that I could think of that, you know, had evolution elements into it. Although, to be honest, it's a very loose tie-in because I think it's a completely different game. By the way, should, I'm just wondering, should we be moving on to slides or are we still... No, no, this is still the first slide. Okay, okay. Just still checking, the just intro checking. Revo just, slides that just I... Just checking, just checking, just checking. ...locked up. Now, we can actually move on to the second one. So, uh, so mm. Revo is a roguelite game where you go from starting off as a single-cell organism um, to eventually being a fully grown and sentient being. You can kind of think of it like a, uh, a Dead Cells kind of game um, mixed with No Man's Sky. And I'll, I'll show you guys some, some mock-ups later on that will explain why that's the case. So at the very start of the game, you are um, you, you're just a simple single-cell organism floating through this vastness of nothingness. Um, and the game, is, the game actually starts off being very pixelated. So very simple, uh, 320 by 240 pixels kind of graphics. And as the game evolves, or as you evolve, the graphics and the complexity of the game actually improve. So the resolution of the game goes up. Um, as you're slowly evolving through the game and experiencing different parts of the game. And the reason behind that is because you can think of it as a microcosm of the evolution of gaming itself. Uh, so it started off like a cool little 2D pixelated top-down uh, game, which I'll show you guys in a sec, um, and then eventually goes into a cool 3D uh, full experience. Uh, over to number three, please. So as you progress... Um, there's an example of one progression of a player very early on um, in, in the evolution. Um, you can either get, uh, you, you come across nodes, which uh, act as basically random mutations. So when you hit that particular node, kind of like any roguelite game, um, it can give you a, a random ability. And in this case, it gives you a random mutation. Um, that allows you to either, for example, evolve uh, a longer tail, which might make you uh, swim faster through this this place, um, or uh, it makes you tougher, so it's harder for enemies to, to hit you. Whatever the case may be, it's these random mutations. Um, the other thing that can also happen is 
not just random mutations that affect how you evolve, but whether you use a particular thing. So, for example, um, you know, there's an ability to dash in the game. If you consistently use the dash ability, um, you're more likely to, to get an evolution of that particular ability. And likewise, if you use melees um, when attacking enemies as opposed to a, a different ability that you might have, you're more likely to also get that random mutation being upgraded uh, in that particular path. So if we move over to the next one, please. So this should be uh, the one where in this particular place, the player has mutated a little further on into a frog-like somethingness. Um, and you can see it's sort of inspired by um, by sort of that top-down, uh, in this case, it's still a, it's still a bit of a top-down uh, shooter kind of game um, where you get the enemy health bars, random enemies floating around that you have to kill to continue to survive, to evolve. Um, and one thing to probably also note here is that you, you get different biomes um, that you play within, which are based on your current evolution level. Uh, so it doesn't, you know, unfairly mix you in with with um, enemies that are way further advanced than you are that would, you know, instantly kill you. Um, but you can sort of go, because it, it's got that RPG element where you can kind of go towards those biomes um, if you choose to, but you're probably going to get completely gobbled up and you're going to have to start your evolution process once again. So if we move on to the next screen... Uh, which is an example of a boss battle. Again, relatively early in its evolutionary stage. Um, boss battles obviously give you much bigger boosts to um, to your evolution. Um, in this case, because you absorb their DNA. So at every stage of the way, there's there's a boss, and when you beat the boss, it moves on to the next big stage of evolution. So if we go into example number six. Uh, this is a much more advanced uh, stage of the evolution where you're now gone well beyond the simple uh, 2D pixelated top-down version of the game and it's evolved into the stage of the game where you're a more sentient creature um, that, once again, this is showcasing that you can have uh, different elements that can evolve depending on how you play the game and depending on what you use or what random mutations you can get. Um, and if we move on to the next slide, which is just a quick sketch that I did, uh, just to illustrate the, the concept, which is sort of one of the key things behind the game. And that is you start off, uh, once again, as this very simple life form in a very pixelated 2d environment. And then as you progress through the game, you go into this, eventually evolve into a creature where you play so that the gameplay and the camera and the mechanics actually evolve as you play the game. Um, in that particular evolution set. So if you can sort of picture the camera slowly going from a top-down 2D to sort of like a 2.5D um, game concept all the way to the end where it's a fully uh, RTX uh, ray tracing enabled 3D landscape um, of, of a platformer kind of game. Um, and if you switch to the last one, which is the last quick sketch that I did, just as a quick example of how, you know, the graphics improve through the process from, uh, from the beginning all the way to you being a sentient creature. I don't have time to, to do some screenshots, but the idea was that you eventually evolve into a full-on intergalactic creature. Um, so it literally, the game will go from this tiny little single-celled organism and 
if you make it all the way through and you don't die, you get all the way to being the sentient creature that explores space. Um, and of course, every time you die, you restart it uh, back at the beginning, but that's cool because you can play the game again, get a different evolutionary path that might take you through different levels. You might be in a, in a sea level for longer. You might be in, in, in a land one for longer, depending on what, you know, random mutations you might get that particular playthrough. That's it. Nice, man. So what's the... Man, that's just just anyone, just quickly, anyone that's only listened to the audio, please check out the clip of this because Mike's artwork that he's done is just absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, it's Thanks, insane. Man. I didn't think it was that good, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have gone like so over the top. I love it. Um, so what was the rogue light element to it? Right, so the rogue light is, is is you know it's a typical a typical uh, kind of rogue light game where you play, you evolve, you improve, and then you die, and then you start again. But well, you what have... do you retain? So I haven't, to be honest, I haven't. I was thinking about that, and I I wasn't able to really nail it down. I think I think I w- it was going to initially just be simple things like having more resistance, more health little things like that that just incrementally improve each playthrough. But to be honest, if I was to actually do this as a proper game, I, I, I don't quite know what you'd retain. Because um, it could always be a rogue-like where it has no retention of anything. Could be, and there's absolutely zero retention, yeah. It'd be it's pretty of real life. Maybe, but maybe maybe the game isn't necessarily... Because I kept thinking, especially in the later stages of the game, I kept thinking of a game like No Man's Sky, where it's not about being ridiculously difficult or anything. It's just about almost pointless exploration. Um, and there, there are a few more elements that I didn't speak about. One, which is that it's supposed to, it's actually supposed to be a relatively chill game. It's not necessarily a hard game. And, and the idea was that you get really cool chilled music as you progress to the levels. It's kind of like Rezo. If you guys played Rezo Gun, those kind of games uh, with cool particle effects and awesome a- ambient music associated to it, it was that kind of a concept. Yeah. Um, and then I even thought about potentially implementing multiplayer com- elements where you you come across other players and you fight for survival, um, or even like you can integrate their DNA and steal some of their particular mutations and stuff like that. But really the whole concept ultimately was about starting off as the single cell organism and trying to survive all the way through basically exploring space. I I love the link to Spore as a mm. successor. <laughs> thing at, I could think. At first I thought you were going to say it was a sequel to Evo, the Super Nintendo Evolution up. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've never, wait, by, by I've calling never it played Evo. What, what is Evo? That's what I thought yeah. at the start as well. E- I don't, Evo search, Evo search for Eden was. Uh, ah, yeah. okay. So anyway, but no, I. It's obviously not that. No, <laughs> so. I've never played. That. I've never seen that. So. <laughs> Uh, oh, that's well awesome, done, man. man. No, that's I really cool. It. That's really cool. It's a cool segment. Uh, I think it's uh, quite funny. Like it just it's, all paying, the... it's paying off all the all the hype. It's paying off. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, all the long deliberations <laughs> about everything. All right. So for mine, don't open my little uh, video just yet. Like a little bit okay. later, you'll know when you can open it when uh, it becomes obvious what I'm doing. Um, so yeah, I don't have a, a crazy slide deck like you guys. It's more narrative anyway. Um, so, you know, probably more compatible with the podcast. And I have done 
a sequel, as we were fucking meant to. So this is, <laughs> this is blank two. That's that's what this game is. But hey, I did a sequel. Is. I did a sequel. That's not a sequel. Yeah. Anyway, so wow. my game, it opens up to a slim blonde who is in therapy talking about her anxiety. She's not sure how she can connect with her partner. She's lamenting uh, that he's a writer and he has a story in his mind that he just can't get out and he has fear uh, that it will be true if he writes the story because everyone affirms to him that the story isn't true. Did he just uh, wake up, did he? And the man... <laughs> can you let me get through it? The man interjects. Uh, it's Alan Wake. He's a writer <laughs> who went missing Ooh. in Bright Falls and he returned months later with this crazy story in his mind of a journey that he went on in Bright Falls. A story that he believes is real, but he knows it can't be. So Alan has shifted from writing novels to being a writer for video games, a burgeoning industry that has occurred over the last decade since his story. Something novel uh, many times ago, but now is just uh, taking oxygen and expressing his creativity, everything that he's been about in his career, you know, how to bring things to life in a video game format. He's now working at a studio and... One day, like, so we're opening up to him being at his studio and he sent a link to a game that he's never heard of called Ocean Awakens. He ignores it because he's not really sure what it is and thinks maybe that's a scam, moves on with his life. Next scene, Alan and Alice, uh, you know, are going away. So Alice is wanting to for him to break out of his anxiety and wanting to him wanting for him to express his story and express his truth to get it out of his system because she thinks it's important for him so they take a trip to mount saint cole and she hopes that it will actually bring something out of him uh given his anxiety of uh going to the lake and going into water she thought maybe going to a mountain and away from water would make a lot of sense uh, as they're heading into the the town of Mount St. Cole, there's a tribute to a volcanic eruption that occurred in 1981. And it so happens that the town is celebrating, well, commiserating the 40th anniversary of that explosion. But the commiserations over time have warped into some kind of pseudo-pagan ritual now where people are daring each other to climb up the mountain and actually go into the volcanic area uh, and get drunk and have massive parties and have lots of fun in that space. And it's really warped its perception from when there was a massive volcanic eruption. Uh, given that there was a vo volcanic eruption in that space, uh, all scientists that have looked at it and, and uh, people in that profession have really come back and said, well, it won't be able to erupt for a hundred years or a thousand years. So there's not any real risk of the pagan ritual that everyone's developed. Uh, Alice is keen to join in to the celebration and Alan thinks it's a crazy idea. So he actually doesn't want to go and they have a bit of a disagreement and an argument about it. So she heads off and he's just waiting there and he's thinking, okay, I'm going to head back. But in the far off distance, he can hear explosions and like crazy gunshots or some kind of bomb or like some insane thing happening at the big ritual and when he gets back there to the party, he can't find Alice anywhere. She's completely gone. 
and he's desperately trying to ask people what's going on. I don't understand what's happening. Where's Alice? And they keep saying, you need to go talk to the chief. You need to go talk to the chief in the big tent. So he's like, okay, this is crazy. These people are insane. As he walks into the, the big tent, uh, he's met by a man, very slim man who just looks at him and he actually says straight to him without knowing him, but knowing him, hello, Alan Wake. I'm Sam Lake. I created you. And then the game opens up to hmm. this man who's starting to talk about his experiences and, you know, telling him things that only he knows and no one else knows and like what his name is and why he invented him and the fact that he is now writing video for video games, which is exactly what Sam Lake does for a living. And so meta. Oh my God. <laughs> and Alan is very torn about what is happening here. And, and it's just like, kind of pulling him apart a bit and just not understanding what his life is about and what is real. And he'd been debating whether the Bright Falls experience was real or not, but then not understanding if even his current life is real. And Sam Lake only just tells him, you know, as always, and as you know, in Bright Falls, and as you understand, there has to be balance in the universe and you know what you need to do. So Alan races up to Mount St. Cole to the top and sees below some activity in, in the mountain, feeling like there's, you know, potentially another eruption happening. So the game pauses as he dives off into the eruption um, and then, you know, obviously fades into the next chapter of the game, probably the next third. And he is waking up and he's on a boat again. And he sees off in the distance uh, a sign that says Bright Falls, and he's extremely confused and looking around and understanding his environment, but not understanding where Alice is or what's going on in his life. And then from this point in the game, he's told that he has been a video game writer and that different components of the story as it plays out, it actually plays out as different styles of video games. So there's components of the game and the chapters and the sort of obstacles he has to overcome where it's like a Resident Evil style game and then others where it's, you know, slightly different other formats of games. So you have different like play styles. Uh, later in the game, he does uh, meet up with Jesse Fadden from Control. So there's a bit of a mash <laughs> between there and like, is he the writer of her game? Is that a game? Is this actually like the game that he's playing? And then the game really centers around Sam Lake at the end of, is he a boss? Is he a mentor? Is he sort of your enemy? Is it real or is it not? So that's kind of like my idea for Alan Wake 2. Damn, son. Do we open the video now? <laughs> yeah, you can already open it before. <laughs> you told us not to open it. <laughs> no, I just said, uh, well, I actually even showed it on the B-roll. I should pop it up for a second. Oh, man. So yeah, that's, that's my idea for Alan Wake 2. Oh, that's I play awesome. that. I play that. I love the Sam Lake tie-in. That's so cool. Yeah, well, tie-in is in there. That that's that's wild. It n- now I understand why you're looking up fan fiction earlier because so you just basically wrote the entire sequel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Oh man. And Alice, Alice, where the f- is Alice? <laughs> <laughs> I thought I need to get it in before uh, they actually announce an Alan Wake two. Now so there's been there's been American Nightmare, but that's more of a spin-off than a sequel. Yeah. So you're so you're saying that the gameplay will change or will yes. still 
So it will yeah. it still primarily be gameplay similar to the original or completely different? I think it starts like that. So then you kind of get f- into that false sense that it's going to be like that. But I think when it gets into Bright Falls, you start to experience some of the things that have happened to him there, but with a different gameplay style. So it's like so Nier. Like, yeah, it's yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, kind of like that. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Style no, that's exactly kind of what I'm thinking. But yeah. it's all due to the fact that he's a writer, and yeah. then these are these are parallels to games that he's written. <coughs> so that's he's kind of really like cool. echoing I'd, the first one. I'd love so. that. That'd be such a cool game. To also, play. I guess uh, what became of Edith Finch, how that has different, completely different al- gameplay elements and different that's parts true. as well. Some of them less interactive than others, but yeah, yeah. I, I really like the idea. I think all these yeah. ideas are great. I, obviously, this is just the first time we're doing this uh, segment, so I'm looking forward to when we do it in the future again. But it just goes to show how different we approach this as well. <laughs> yeah, which yeah, is true. Which is why when Mike asked me uh, the other day, it's like, oh, what are you guys doing? You're preparing images. I'm like, no, I kind of want to see what we'll do. Yeah, this, yeah, yeah. You know? I agree. Um, like you intercut, you sold was... this through the story. Yeah. And you sold it through like the the world building our imagination around it. Mm. I'm sitting there just putting logos and slides. <laughs> you know? no, so it's, it's different, you know. Different. I think it'd be really fun to actually do one where we're doing all the same game. Ah, so, so it's like come up brief. with an idea for the exact same game, but then whatever your idea for how to do that game. Yeah. It'd be like Halo Infinite. Okay, pitch Halo Infinite. What would it actually be type of thing? Yeah. I think that'd be really funny. Just to see how, you know, what different ideas we could possibly have. Also, my pitch was my, like, still holding on hope that we might get a new F-Zero. <laughs> well, I definitely want a new Alan Wake game. And I think given yeah. that he's appeared in, like, the expansions of Control, I think is, like, yeah, pretty... I don't know. It seems like all the rumours are that they Plausible. will have Alan Wake too. Oh, so I'm sure they would. It's a cool hopefully, IP. Hopefully. hope It deserves another game. Awesome. Did you play oh. Quantum Break? Uh, not yet. Okay. Not yet. Not yet. I will soon, hopefully. All right, well, why don't we wrap up for this week? Uh, next week, we'll be covering further E3 news, and I'll be picking up Game Builder Garage. So I'll be giving my early, early impressions with that. And I think uh, Mike's picking that up as well because he needs mm-hmm. to build a game. All right, if you need so to reach you. out to us... <laughs> yeah, but I can't publish it. If you, if you want to reach out to us, find <laughs> us on Big Wig Pod or reach out to us through the YouTube comments. But for now, bye-bye. See ya. Ciao. Bye.